Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 97. I am your host, back to talk some wrestling with my co-host and teenage son, Jack. Say hello, Jack. Hi. Well, we should probably... We can't go spoilers, but we did watch the first episode of what last night? Uh, you, for, we... you forget? We did. And without spoiling i know we will but you liked it yeah it was good yeah there were some appearances of characters that you were we won't spoil anything but that you were happy to see oh no if you've seen any of the promotional materials oh they were in the they were in the buttloads yeah inquisitorious yeah no i did not know because i hadn't seen any of the yeah oh you showed me one i think i saw one or two things i guess i just forgot probably yeah um and then i i liked the beginning mostly because um I like the I like the flashbacks, and then I thought the opening bit with the Grand Inquisitor was really cool, actually. And then yeah. some stuff was not as good, but I think generally like, Obi Wan stuff was good. And then I don't know. I, we need to watch the second second one. one. We will. We can do that later today. I don't have any. I'm going out tonight to a comedy show with some friends. But other than that, I'm not doing anything. Just got back from your brother had basketball all just morning. The adults. Yes, and then you might be like doing something. I don't that's know. That's what I was. That's what I was you, asking. You guys, yeah. the kids can watch a movie, or that's what you're getting at. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was asking. Yeah. Yeah, the kids can probably watch a movie or mm-hmm. something. Uh, we we just came back from that new breakfast place because I haven't talked to you mm-hmm. since we got home. It right. was good. Nice. Enjoyed. It. I'm super mega full right now. Not even drinking coffee. That's strange. Yeah. No, that's weird. Yeah. Because I had two while I was out there. And so. I did the usual booster juice venture. You did on yeah. your own a solo venture to booster juice. Yeah, it was actually like, it's it took. It took like way less time than I thought just to like walk there because like it took the shortcut. Yeah, just, super like, fast. I don't know, just was a song like it lasted one. Like I was listening to uh, one of the songs from the new Jack White album. Like took the duration of that to get there. Yeah, it's fast, man. If you cut that through that yeah. open field, it's very quick. To yeah, get for there. sure. And what else is new in our lives? Not much. We had like after we recorded last week, there was basically tornadoes around us. Didn't we? I mean, we got heavy rain. But There's there tornado was, warning. Yeah, there was an um. A ta- couple towns very close to us got just crushed by it. So uh, we got kind of lucky, I guess. I'd were heading down to the city at, to see a Jays game, which turned right. out it well. was like, yeah, it was like just after you left. Yeah, because I walked, it started raining as I walked down the street to the party limo <laughs> that right. we ended up taking. Yeah, and then it was like, I, it was like, you had like just gone and then it started like raining like crap. And then it was crazy weather, and then they ended up opening the roof of the dome. I still call it Sky Dome, Rogers Center, I guess, technically. In the third inning, they uh, I got to see the retractable roof opening up, which is a rare thing when you go to a Jays game. But anyways, um, it was fun. Had a good time. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting stuff. I did not. I, yeah, I was just stuck inside. You were stuck inside. Well, I don't know. I don't have much else to banter about. My life is very boring. It can be covered in, look at that, three minutes and 27 seconds of chat. Yep. That's, a bit, that's it More for you less. as well? Um, I, all I did was I... I I remember when I was watching, when I was in the midst of watching through the MCU, um, I yeah. was about to watch Civil War, but I was too lazy to hook up the Blu-ray, so I remember Sounds right. at school I was watching part of X-Men First Class, which is one of the prequel ones, and that was my favorite. Oh, um, you've seen it before? It's not a, yeah. You've seen everything. I watched point. it before, because Doctor Strange preparation, which ultimately was this foolish move. Oh, sorry, I didn't bring you back to that yeah. traumatizing experience. Yeah, and so I finished that. Uh, the other day because i had like half watched it and then um i was just kind of watching in bits i was watching days of future past which is the one after that yep which is another prequel but it kind of combines them and then the also the original cast like patrick stewart and in them so um yeah that's that was good 
that was that was good. I like the yeah, way you said I, that. I I really like um Fastbender and uh, James McAvoy. Nice. I don't. I they're the younger versions of Magneto and Professor X. Right. They're I find them much better. Yeah. Than Stewart and Ian McKellen. Yeah, you're you're an ageist. That's what you're saying. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, probably. We'll th- it'll come Sting, up if we mention Sting or Christian or Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, Matthew Hardy, any of them really. Edge. Yeah, but I guess that means we should start talking about wrestling Indeed. at this point. So let's do it. We'll head into our first segment that is the same as every week, and that's looking at some of the week's news and rumors. <laughs> All right, so taking a look at some ratings, NXT, Tuesday's episode averaged 559, sorry, 551,000 viewers, which is down 8%, earned a 0.13 in the key demographic, down 7%, so down slightly in both areas, but again, as it has been for several weeks now, um, so I guess that kind of makes the playing field level, right? It's been NBA and NHL playoffs every single week, yeah. and the numbers are still down, so I guess that's, they're down. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter. It's been they've been up against both of those things for at least a month now. I would say so. Same thing for Dynamite, also up against NBA and NHL competition. It drew averaged nine twenty nine thousand viewers, which is down less than one percent, point seven six. Earned a point three five in the demographic, so up six percent. So down just a minuscule amount in viewers, but up in the demographic that they care about. Again, with pretty stiff competition from two sports leagues. So. A decent week for Dynamite and a kind of meh week for NXT, I guess. Mm-hmm. Surprising. Shocker. Based on the quality of those shows. I told you, we get to NXT, this might be my last week, not to ruin anything oh, no. here, but uh, I struggled this that week sucks. with good old NXT. And I'm the last podcast I listen to holding on. Other ones I listen to have already given it up. Everyone's dying They've, out. Yeah, it's not. Because no, I think it's to the point where nobody really watches it. Nobody really cares. So if people aren't like reviewing it who cares nobody wants to know about it so right. you're kind of wasting your breath at some point exactly. I feel like. but anyways what do you have for us um money in the bank was originally slated to be a stadium show right um i think it was going to be in july mm-hmm. um july 2nd i believe mm. oh yeah that's what it says yep um and it's been moved from the Allegiant Stadium in right. Las Vegas to MGM Grand Garden Arena, which I feel like that's where Double or Nothing is because they're in Las Vegas. So I feel like that's where they're at um, yeah, tomorrow. So bumping down from a stadium to an yeah. arena, right? Um, and one of the things I saw was like, it's kind of, I think it was like, said it's like kind of tricky to sell out a big stadium show when it's not called WrestleMania yes. or even SummerSlam. Makes and sense. also with no matches advertised, right? Like if they like, if you throw out something interesting just even like now then maybe that's like a a draw for tickets but like they have nothing like it is money that i think would have been cool to have money in the bank in the stadium because that would just be a change of scenery yes. but unfortunately not yeah that saw, seems to force them to have different entrance stages so i was telling you i saw they had like over eight thousand tickets still available which is almost a third i think the venue's like 24 or something so that's almost a third of the tickets not sold right and they're not looking to have it look empty i don't think right so. i think the stadium had like it says it has a seating capacity of more than sixty thousand. and mgm grand has twelve thousand. so right so they're downsizing it to like normal significantly yes yep. definitely uh what did i see an update from the world of uh naomi and sasha banks still sort of off of wwe tv i think ev- all their merchandise has been pulled 
I think I saw that Naomi has removed, or maybe both of them have removed any mention of WWE from their own like social media stuff. So let us take a look. Um, because their suspensions are indefinite, it is possible then that neither of them, um, basically, it's a, it, the question was, are they still getting paid? Right. So they are still suspended. Um, and again, WWE does this thing where they'll freeze people's contracts, right? They did it to Rey Mysterio. I'm pretty sure they did it to FTR where they'll just say like, if you're not coming to work, your time stops on your contract, right? So they will just add that on to whenever they do decide to return. Right. Um, so according to, uh, Dave Meltzer, WWE can extend the time on contracts of the wrestlers when they aren't wrestling without even telling the performers, <laughs> Uh, and Danielson's another example too, right? He retired back in 2016 and they froze his contract, which is why he came back and did that GM run. So to like... if you Let's say you leave so, with to, three to months left. You owe, them, his contract, you owe right? them three months. So it's basically... Which I don't know if anywhere else does that. I, I Maybe, but it seems strange to me that you're an independent contractor. Their contracts are pretty strange to begin with. Right. So. so they're not your employer when it's convenient for them. But they are when, you know what I mean? Whenever right. it suits them, then yes, you're our employee yep. and we have your contract. So, which is kind of strange, right? We're going to freeze your contract, but they're independent contractors. So they don't really work for you. Anyways, it's a bizarre setup they have sort of there. Um, anything else news wise for you? To maneuver out of anything. Yes, exactly. Um, so Tony Khan was talking about why they didn't book a Blood and Guts for Double or Nothing because that was rumored. Because. Um, he said he, he said I don't think it necessarily makes sense with what we had set up on the pay per view in terms of getting like the cage up and down for blind guts. Yeah. Also, the seating because it means less ringside seats. So I guess it's like it's a pretty cumbersome setup. But he does say it would make a lot of sense for blind guts to come back to EW. So I think they will probably do that at some point. But I don't. I think they're just looking like because I feel like it'd be a pretty tricky setup for the whole pay per view. So it would. So what's the Jazz match being called again? Anarchy in the arena. And have they revealed any like? I haven't seen detail. I haven't, I haven't seen any of what that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, Colt Cabana, big Colt Cabana news, right? He's surprised being earmarked to be involved with Ring of Honor moving forward. Um, if and when that company gets started, I think it will. And basically, the Wrestling Observer newsletter could be due to issues with CM Punk, right? There, CM Punk is there now and entrenched. So Colt Cabana get him off of AEW and into if he still has. A contract they want to use them for something but get right. them away and on to a separate show so that makes sense mm-hmm. it is a night light news week if i'm pulling cold cabana's stories right <laughs> right exactly because <laughs> people are like who oh yep. yeah he's still there somewhere. i forgot he was even in dark order yes he oh that's right yeah anything else i only have one more um a late week so a few weeks back um w morrissey was wardlow's he was a uh, victim surprise opponent yep um apparently that the person originally approached for that spot was, do you want to guess? Do you know? PCO. Killer Cross. Oh, I did hear. I didn't. So I heard that he, like the headline was something about he was approached for something for AEW, but I didn't click on it. So I didn't know the details. Yeah. Um, they were working, like getting him to work that match, but then it fell apart when it was obvious that Scarlet would not be part of the act and which kind of harkens back to like when you go to the main roster and you didn't have any of that and right. it was just kind of stupid and then he got his helmet and the the studded oh, yeah. thing yeah the mask and the whatever yep the i saw a thing that they are they are reporting that they are making as much money as they did in wwe not in wwe with all the stuff they're doing 
Mm, that, so I don't know so if that's true or not, but that's what they're saying. Anyways. Basically, they did not need to go there and ruin NXT and fart on it. <laughs> yeah, we weren't a fan of the cross carry and cross run in NXT to say nope. the least. Uh, I'm tapped out for news, you? Uh, me as well. So let's move into talking about um, the first show every week, which is a detailed review of AEW Dynamite. And we kick off with Wardlow versus Sean Spears in a steel cage with MJF as guest referee with Shawn Michaels like shorts and then also very tight short shorts. Yes. Yep, and uh referee shirt with like the scarf print on the stripes. Yeah, I think of whatever the Burberry Yeah, it was I the shirt was a nice touch, I thought. Yeah, that was funny. There was a lot about this, I will say, that felt like attitude era, including that outfit, right? Like yeah. it was it's that every it gave me like um, what was they saying? Vince and Austin vibes, right? Where everything is stacked against Austin and he has to overcome everything is just rigged against him, yet he still somehow prevails, right? That's yeah. That's the vibe I got from this quite a bit. He's go ahead. Power bomb everyone. Yes, except instead of stunners, insert yeah. power bombs. Exactly. Yeah. A stunner symphony. <laughs> it would work. Symphony <laughs> of stunners, I yeah. think sounds better. Exactly. Um so Spears attack Warlow right away while he's still cuffed. MJ gets some licks in as well. Um, they double team to shove Wardlow into the cage. So they never said he was going to be cuffed for this match, right? Ahead of time, they just left the handcuffs on him? Cause... No, they just didn't give him time to take it off at first. And then they just never took the time? Because they left him in them until he broke yeah. them. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess know. it doesn't matter. MJF can do whatever he wants, right? So uh, yeah, It's I, just I, they I didn't guess, mention right. it ever. Yeah. Uh, Wardlow breaks out of the cuffs after MJF spits at him. He starts to mount a comeback on Spears. Uh, to Top rope sent on Tomko by Wardlow goes for the pin. MJ Kinda slides into the position. Yeah. yeah, with his head. Yeah. And then he just stares at Wardlow with no count. Uh Wardlow goes for a power bomb. MJ kicks him in the balls. Spears hits the DVD. I refuse to call it a C4. That's dumb. Uh with uh MJF doing a fast count, but only gets a two count classic. Uh Spears goes to hit Wardlow with a chair, winds up cracking MJF over the head with it instead. Meanwhile, Wardlow rises back up, proceeds to power bomb Spears multiple times. New ref runs down, I think it was Bryce Ramsberg. Um, and the, the only reason they always mention the name, so I just like it's kind of absorbed in my brain yes, pretty much. Because I wouldn't have. Known. Well, and he's one of the ones I don't know. There's him, Rick Knox, and Aubrey Edwards, and Aubrey. there's some other ones, but I don't, I don't know. Um, and so Bryce Ramsberg runs down, Wardlow's a power bomb on the chair, pins Spears with one foot as Ramsberg counts it. Wardlow goes to power bomb MJF. Security comes down, so he's plowing through them inside the cage as MJF escapes. Wardlow power bombs the security guy into the cage wall. Afterwards, climbs to the top of the cage, points at MJF as if he is a WrestleMania sign. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, he climbed up the cage. I forgot yep. about that. It was an unprotected chair shot, too, eh? That MJF took Indeed. there, which I don't know how I feel about. I mean, it's his choice, but I don't, with what we know about concussions, you yep. probably should avoid that. But um, you used the word that I wanted to use to describe it already, which is fine. It's classic, right? This felt like classic pro wrestling right. stuff. Um, I don't think the match itself was anything special, really. Um, it wasn't about the match. It was more about all of the other stuff, right? It's MJF shenanigans, um, Wardlow's inability to sort of do anything about whatever MJF does. That's the story being told here. I thought the chair shot, um, Spears' facial expressions, and the, the do you remember the camera shot where um, Wardlow just sort of rises up behind Sean yeah. Spears? That was, a, that that was, was well done, too. Um, it's the type of... so like. I always say I'm devoid of nostalgia, but this is more the nostalgia I enjoy, right? Remind me of things. 
um, stories and angles and things that were cool don't bring back those same wrestlers. Like I don't want to see people wrestling into their 50s and 60s. But if you give me stuff that kind of feels like Attitude Era, and I don't even think Attitude Era was all amazing. I think there was tons of garbage in Attitude Era. But this reminded me of good Attitude Era stuff. And that's the kind of nostalgia I'm here for, not watching Jeff Hardy wrestle a singles match, right? Not watching actually Steve Austin. Right. So, yeah, I I thought, was this a great match? No, not by a long shot. But was it an effective like pro wrestling angle? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it was... Like, I thought it was great in telling the story, like, in an angle, as you said. Not great as a match, but I don't think it was really going to be that. No. Um, I figured it was either open or main event. Opener was, makes more sense, so here we are. Um, it was fine. Like, I'm joking a bunch. Like you said, harkens back to Edge here a, a bit. Um, it wasn't surprising. It, it worked. Spears was fine as well. Wore the look good. Finish was fine. I think that worked too. Um, now we have that match at Double Nothing, which is actually a pretty loaded card. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in the card. Yeah, we're going to preview and predict Yep. in uh, the final, Indeed. near the end of the show. Yeah, Yep. cool. Uh, the whole thing ran short. Then you'd expect for a cage match, and the cage didn't come into play a whole lot, so I don't know what that was particularly there for. I think you're right that the length of it was good. Like, it didn't drag. It was good, yeah. It, was, it felt like under 10 minutes for all of this right. sort of out the yeah. door, which is about right. I um, think. Before it was, it was solid. I always prefer a hot opener, but this was fine. It was... It was good for what it was. Absolutely. Um, next, Jazz arrived. Garcia says, I told about nothing. They will show them how violent sports entertainment can be. They make fun of some backstage worker for wearing a mock shirt. Jericho lights a fireball in his face. Um, short, <laughs> but it was fine. Um, I don't have much to say other than I still want Garcia to shut up. I did get when he said, you get a fireball in the face because I'm a wizard. That I have to admit, it made me chuckle a little bit. Um, and 2.0 amused me. I just, I don't know. Does this faction feel like it's getting anyone over other than Jericho? Like, shouldn't the point be that that he's elevating these younger talents? No, the point is that he should be elevated because they're appreciating him. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) It just feels like, I I don't know who this is helping, really. I don't think it's helping Garcia. Nope. I'm actually actively disliking him more. And 2.0 are kind of doing the same thing they were doing, just behind Yeah, I honestly like their shtick with Garcia alone better. Like, I'm actively disliking Garcia more. Yeah, it's not, uh, and and not in the way, not in like the he's a heel way, just in like I just think he sucks. And he's too bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he could still be in there. I just think like this hurting him. Like, he just, it's making him seem like he sucks. I don't think it's helping anybody. I mean, and I do get, a couple laughs here and there out of the faction i'm still not fully on board and i just don't see who this is helping but exactly yep uh next we get hangman page and cm punk entering face to face face to face for the first time no that's not true they they were literally face to face after the takeshita match last week so that is takeshita match let's just all enjoy that for Mm -hmm. a second that memory great match if you haven't seen it go see it Mm -hmm. uh shivani hypes up the match introduces punk then hangman uh, Punk says his biggest moment happened in Vegas. Insert that moment here. Right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> was that the pipe bomb? Maybe. Was it? I don't actually know. I was thinking Money in the Bank, but I know for a fact that was in Chicago. So you're saying so, it probably pipe bomb, maybe? Yeah. So say like I don't know. Uh, I'll check. Look that up. Um, he says he will walk in the challenger and walk out the champion. Hangman says he said what he would do to Punk. There's nothing you can do to take the title from him. Punk says he doesn't get why Hangman is taking it so personal. It's just his shot. It's just it's just business. Nothing personal. Hangman says three weeks ago he said he would destroy Punk. And he did not mean at double nothing. He meant right now. Uh, he says he has been waiting for this moment for months. He would like to sit atop the ramp and do a pipe on, watch a blow up in Punk's face. He realizes he can't do it because the more he thinks about it, it's exactly what Punk would do. 
and he doesn't think it's the right thing to do. He says he doesn't hate Punk, and he pities him. He doesn't respect what he's done since he came here. He says he doesn't think Punk understands what it means to be a champion anymore. He says Punk talks a big game about workers' rights, and he's shown he's the exact opposite since he came here. Yeah. And this place is his home. He won't be defending the title against him. He'll be defending AEW against Punk. Uh, Punk says he still doesn't get why Hangman's taking this so personal. He's still here, and Hangman will have to do something about it at double or nothing. As uh, a thing pops up in my face for some reason. <laughs> uh, he respects Hangman, but he paved the road. And he the house Hangman built was with the wood he chopped down. And he gave the blueprint. He says he will shake Hangman's hand on Sunday. And Hangman will shake his hand now. They kind of argue about Punk shows Hangman who drops Punk with a right to end the segment. Yeah, Um. I noticed my notes I've made a note of, I guess, that Hangman was getting a, quite a few boos to start this, right? Uh, yeah, I think it, it it started out that way, yeah. And then... He and I thought both of them were really generic to start out. I was like, "Wow, this is what we're getting at the like go home show for this." But then, uh, Page gets more personal and more intense. I thought he was great. Uh, he does start to win the crowd back over too, and I think like the implication is that Punk's a fraud. Like you say, you're gonna do all of this stuff and help the workers, but you don't because that kind of felt like it came out of left field a little bit. I thought Punk's reply was solid, a little bit understated, like he's letting punk or sorry page sort of shine here and be the one that's getting more intense and louder and punk's just kind of sitting back a little bit so i like that as well and then i thought we got just enough physicality right like they touch but barely um right and we get like a little bit of it and i'm not sure who's going to win this match so that's kind of refreshing right i think they've built this into a pretty hot feud um to complain because i thought the segment was good overall and it actually did add something for me do you like the positioning of this on the show feel weird to you? Not really. You're putting your like main event match of the pay-per-view and you're, I don't know. I just feel like this should be the closing segment or I just ending the show or I just felt it was placed weird. It doesn't make this feel like this is the most important match. It didn't occur to me at all. But anyways, I like the segment. What about Mm -hmm. you? Yeah, I like this a lot. I thought it was one of hangman's best promos. Um, at least, uh, one of the best in recent memory. Um, I like the intensity here intensity here and his views of punk which aren't completely misplaced um i nope. like that um i also enjoyed the contrast between like he's getting like really fired up really passionate opposed to like calm and muted punk and i like that punk keeps going back to this i don't get why you're so fired up it's not personal it's just business because it's the perfect kind of phrase that like it works because he's like kind of laid back and that's right but it's also with him kind of slipping into the heel role again i feel like it's also the kind of thing that he would know like that's going to keep setting off right. hangman a little it's going to yes. keep pushing him a little farther exactly. each time so i think that really worked as well i think i really like i think they both did good for what they did me too um i think the end segment ended well too like a little bit of physicality i think that works and shows like that punk is getting to him so yes. i think i think that really worked too um i enjoyed this quite a bit me um, too. i really liked it uh, yeah definitely my favorite segment on mm-hmm. this show i thought it was really good mm-hmm uh, next we get a quick Cargill J promo thing because they're facing off at pay per view for some reason. Does that feel like a pay per view match? Hell no. No. Um, Anna said she'll win, while Jade said she has nothing but money. That is just a brief summary because who cares? Yeah, I mean, I thought Jade sounded great as she always does. I find her more entertaining outside the ring than in, to be honest, at this point. But we talked about this in the moment. Doesn't it feel like because this is like the secondary women's title and Jade isn't that strong yet? that they've kind of gone through all of the second and third tier competition and we've like circled back around to yeah Angel. that was like i think i was it was literally in my note before we even like talked about it i was like it's like what i wrote i thought i thought like this is okay cargo is kind of amusing jay was okay i don't buy her winning at all and then I, and my last note was yeah already starting to circle back for challenges for cargo exactly and 
Anna J at that. Like, no disrespecting Anna J, but, like, she's just not that interesting. She's, she's not, not, like... Well, when's the last time she did anything on TV to be... Challenged Jade Cargill. Right? So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. And, like, I don't know who beats Cargill anymore because I would have thought Conti, but Conti's kind of changed course now. Who's she facing at the pay-per-view? It's Guevara, Kaz, and Conti versus Men of the Year and Van Zandt. No, Jade Cargill. Oh. Who's she facing? She has a match, right? Anna J. Oh, it's Anna. Sorry, <laughs> I was thinking that that this was happening and that was for the future. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like this isn't interesting or fresh, right? What's is this? <laughs> That's the perfect way to put it. Is this on the on the buy-in? I don't think so. Which is the sad part because really? I would. This is totally buy-in material. It feels like it should be on the buy-in. Yeah, because then I can just not watch it. Yes. Well, no, I'll still watch the buy. I I will, but then I like. Remember, I the buy-in had one of our favorite matches last. Yeah, time. Yeah, but I don't feel an obligation to watch the buy-in. So, this like uh, now true. I know I have to watch this. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I don't want. That's to. when you get a snack. I don't even remember how their first match went. I assume Jade won pretty quickly. Well, she did, but I don't even remember if I watched. She it. hasn't lost, so it must have been on Rampage. I feel like it was on Rampage. Could have I, been. I feel like it was like they do a lot of like just throw a women's match on Rampage. Yes, they do. Yeah, there's almost cause... more women's stuff on an hour <laughs> no, show there than is. a two-hour show. There definitely is. Yeah. Um, next we get John Moxley and Eddie Kingston reunited for a night versus Private Party because Danielson's out. Yep. Um, but he he's fine for the pay per view because he Thank faced goodness. uh side Dal on Rampage last oh, yeah. night, so he's good to go. Which we keep never getting around to watching. It's yeah, just it's very just, inconvenient. It is, and then it, if there's something really interesting, we always get around yeah, to. Yeah, that's but true. If there's like I don't if I don't feel an obligation to watch it, then I'm not going to. Agree. Um we have Regal and Jericho on commentary here again. Um there wasn't much here because it was pretty one sided. Um Mox and Kingston attacked right away. There's um prior party double teaming Mox. Um Mox and Kingston did the stereo rapid strikes and then so Mox won with a paradigm shift on Cassidy as Quinn is in the stretch plum. Oh um, yeah, on, that's on Kingston. I forgot. Post match, Jazz attacked Moxie Kingston. Power and Powerful and Danson come to even the odds. They're just the ref separated mass brawl. Pretty typical. <laughs> I do. That is my note on that too. Standard yep. stuff. Uh the one Jericho line to Regal. Remember what he said to him? Congratulations on living another week, which I thought was pretty funny and mean <laughs> at the same time. Fun. So yeah, I, I thought this was a fun match that accomplished all it really needed to. We got like high flying heels versus brawling violent baby faces. So I. That's kind of an interesting dynamic, right? It's not the way it normally is. Um, I thought Eddie and Mox looked good together. They have good chemistry. A private party did a lot of selling. I thought they did a good job. And then they got a few chances to showcase their athleticism and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much what I expected from this match. And I enjoyed it. And like you said, the aftermath was standard. It's what they do. And my note was, it happens so often that I usually start typing my thoughts on the match as the, like, post-match stuff is happening i just start typing because i don't need full attention on it because it happens three times a show or something but anyways i I like this good enough um yeah i was already not much more than a squash but a solid one at that um i thought it was nice to see um mox and kingston back together even just for a short bit i forgot they were like a solid tag last year like they I remember they actually were challenging the bucks at double nothing last year which was pretty good yep um i forgot about that um and like didn't they like take their shoes or something there was shoe theft. Yeah. Then... They'd set their trailer on fire, smashed into it with their truck or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I remember that. Um, the post-match brawl stuff was nothing out of the ordinary. Not much to say about that. Then there's an Own Heart semifinals promo thing. It was just like Storm and Baker's both said some something. 
Um, <laughs> and Kyle Riley and Joe also said some things. Um, I didn't catch much of this, but it's fine building the tournament matches a bit, even though it's just a tournament. My detailed analysis, ready for my entire notes on yeah. that segment. I liked this quick recap. I thought it was fine. Yeah, me too. I liked it. it was um, whatever. Next we get FTR versus Rapongi Vice in a uh, Ring of Honor tag title match. The this, R in Ring of Honor should stand for random. And a super, super rare thing happens for AEW here, but go ahead. The finish of this, how often does that happen in AEW compared to WWE? Like, almost never. Oh, not even sarcastic. Yeah, that's no, true. No, like, almost never, that's which true. I appreciate. Because then when it happens, you notice it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Um, there's a back and forth between Cash and Romero, then Trent Beretta and Dax tag in, and we get back and forth with them. Also, Trent Beretta is an upcoming figure, so then this time it'll say Trent Beretta on it instead of Trent with the question Which mark. is your bizarre obsession for some reason. Well, with his... he changed his name, so I feel the he's obligation. Trent? Thing. Trent? Question mark. Exactly. Now he's Trent Beretta. He is. Uh, Trent Beretta throws, uh, hammer throws Dax chest first in the corner. Um, Dax hit a bridging German suplex to Trent Beretta for two. Romero hits a foot stomp to break it up, which is kind of cool. Strong zero by Rapongi Vice for a two, but the pin is broken up. And the finish, like you said, comes when Jeff Cobb and Great O'Con of New Japan's United Empire faction, which I th- I think it at least was or maybe is uh, Will Ospreay's crew. I think so. Um, I think it is. I know he was affiliated with them. I think Ozzy Open's in oh. there, too. Uh, They are in New Japan. Though. I know they're with Osprey for sure. I'm pretty sure Cobb is, too. Um, so I guess Great O'Con as well. They come in and cause a DQ. Um, no contest as they beat down everyone. Dax got a uh, doctor bombed by Cobb through a table, and he Trent sure Beretta got put through a table by Great O'Con too. And um, I so I thought I think the post match attack was cool. Cobb returns to because he actually had a one off against Mox. Remember? Right. Yeah. So this run in felt different. This post match stuff was different. Right? Yeah. This, like, this is cool. Um, yeah. For I feel like I was like cue the build to Forbidden Door. Yes. So that, that's and not even in a bad way. Like that's nope. good. Get that yeah. started. Like even just as like a one-off invasion, this works. I think it's cool. And like you said, a uh, a double DQ kind of no contest finish. They Never don't happens. do that much. So I don't even remember if they have before. So that's a feather in their cap. Um, and I think the match was fine, but pretty underwhelming for an FDR match. I thought. Like I think it was like it was solid, but just nothing like amazing yeah i i thought it was good like competitive tv match but yeah it was nothing it didn't like get going a ton no it didn't and it should because both of those teams are awesome right so maybe they just knew this match isn't going to have a finish anyway so let's just kind of get there i thought it was good enough um ftr let rapongi have a lot right so they like ftr was selling a ton of this match and i guess that's just because this is a newly reformed tag team to let people know that this rapongi are a legit experienced tag team right and i thought cobb and okan's the tandem move they did first looked weak i forget yeah, what it was they, now. they botched it for sure but then the i thought cobb looked like a beast with the tour of the islands which is just an awesome oh, i move. love i it's been a hot minute since i've seen that like, and when they try and say hit who is it they try and say does that move is it someone in nxt where they're like a and it does not look the same like the i don't know the way jeff cobb does it is awesome it's it looks awesome great yeah and it's the way he lands, right? Like it just yeah, looks he so like, forceful. He sw- he like swings them around and then he lands so good too. It's just like I don't know. It, there's something about it. It's just and the like, doctor bomb, perfect. I thought like I thought Cobb came out of this looking like a bit of a beast, which I'm happy to say because I like him too. I forgot um, about Jeff Cobb. And yet again, this was a little bit more nostalgia, right? You've got the invasion angle almost like unannounced. This this tag team from another company, even though they are kind of working together, obviously um sort of shows up so that was a little bit of like nostalgia for me as well not Mm -hmm. the bad kind for once again which is (laughs) nice and uh it is it doesn't really matter in this case but jeff cobb does have history with ring of honor that's right tv champ for a while or something 
and because you you like segues now we transition into some of the bad kind of nostalgia for me because <laughs> it's an old wrestler talking oh plural though with true, a promo true. from the hardies but it was mostly matt i think my wasn't favorite it? old backyard boys mm-hmm. um so they do a promo they're talking about how young matt's talking about the young bucks never would have survived in the business when the hardies were in the tag team division yep uh, matt said that people see the young bucks as hardy boys cosplayers I don't remember if that's ever occurred to me. Like I've, I definitely said we've definitely said like there's some similarities. Like of course, Nick is the Jeff Hardy of the duo. Like but you I, can see who they were inspired by them. Then that's fine. But, but I think this is like kind of stupid. Like I don't think that exact thought has ever crossed my mind in my entire life. Um, Jeff said that this final run will be their best run. Oh, he did speak. That's right. That's just funny. And also, I would like to say I would rather hear Roddy speak. Wow. So, I yeah. actually, to be fair, because I generally am hard, I thought um, Matt Hardy did a yeah, good, no, good I'll job. Yeah, no, I'll definitely get to that after. Like, he wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, Jeff said that this is a step on their way to become EW Tag Team Champions. That is just the worst thought I've I ever hope heard. not. That just pain, that hurts my soul. <laughs> um, Matt talked about how they are better than the Young Bucks. Another painful blow. Um, Matt said the Young Bucks will be disappointed because they can't beat their heroes. And so, like, I actually thought Matt was solid. Me too. He was good. I, di- I didn't love it, but I think he had, like, good intensity, and he didn't suck, so I won't fault him, fault him that much. Like, Agreed. I think, like, the intensity was there. He was delivering well. I just didn't love what he was saying. Like, I, th- I think it was fine. Uh, Jess Bit wasn't great. I think he, he sucked pretty bad. He's bad. And that weird goat noise thing he did was pretty stupid. He's consistently um, bad on promos. Yep. He's bad for at everything. Ever. Um, yeah, and now he's just bad at everything, so. Well, less um, good, for sure. Um, it was funny when Matt pointed out they, debut- they debuted in the early 90s, because it points out exactly how far they are from the prime. They're saying over prime, I'm like, hell nah. No. And it's like, in case you you don't know, folks, that's like almost 30 years. Right. So, yeah. yeah I don't think that helped his case, pointing that out, to be no, honest. No, it did not. Like, again, I thought Matt did a good job, but I think what you're saying, too, is it didn't want it didn't make me want to see the match still. Yeah. I, like he I delivered his stuff really well and sounded sincere and whatever, but I, did, I don't really care still. Oh, but, I, uh, I actively don't care. But speaking of something to segue, I did care about. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two for two. That's my new goal here. All right. Well, I, we'll, we'll see I know you love a good segue. I do. I, that or was attempted. I won't call it good. I'll just say I attempted one. Yeah. You decide if it was yeah, good we, or not. We, we, I don't so know. I, I'll, I'll give you that one. That All right. Two for nice. Two. Nice. Two for two. Um, we next get Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks versus my boy Swerve Strickland as I am holding a basic here cool, and pointing man. to one on the shelf. Yep, double Swerve in the mm-hmm. house right here. And then they're the same too, which is the funny part. Um, Jungle Boy, so notable is Jungle Boy and Starks into the ring post, but it was cool. He kind of like does a maneuver where he slides on the ropes and then swings around the post Yes. Uh, to hit a clothesline, so that was kind of cool. Um, Hurricane Rot off the apron by Jungle Boy to Swerve after a commercial break. Looked good. Jungle Boy went for an avalanche poison rod. Swerve flips out, lands on his feet like a cool little that boy. That was crazy. The crowd mm-hmm. was like stunned by that, yeah. which is tough Swerve to do is sometimes. A pretty cool boy. Yep. Um, Jungle Boy goes for an out or nope. Uh, Swerve has Jungle Boy in a suplex position, so like there's some a bit of back and forth going on. So Swerve gets Jungle Boy in a suplex position after a smooth maneuver. He's he's he moves around really smooth. Like you said that like as we're watching it, like and you were weren't wrong. And I'm not trying to mock you, but you out loud a couple times. You're like he's so smooth. Yeah, no, he he's really just like is. he the way he moves around, like the way he does some things. Like he just he gets around. He's just he's really smooth. Yeah, he, and he is. And so That's he's got Jungle Boy up in a suplex, and so Stark spear Swerve, and Jungle Boy lands on his feet out of that to hit a super kick to Starks. And as he's running the ropes, he gets hit with a Michinoku driver from Starks for two a Swerve and pin i really like that sequence i saw a clip of that before i, I made a note match, of it so. killer sequence in the middle of this, it was really cool yeah the one. 
Um, and so Starks hits a uh, swerve with Rochambeau. Uh, Jungle Boy comes in though uh, to get Starks in the snare trap. And so Swerve breaks up the snare trap by hitting him with that house call kick, which mm-hmm. I think was actually really cool. Like that, it's it was perfectly natural setup. And then he hits that uh, diving stomp, Swerve stomp or whatever to Starks uh, to get the win. So my boy Swerve gets a win, which nice. is good. You were very happy. Yeah, I, I actually got spoiled that he won, but and then, then forgot. I forgot that he won. <laughs> you and are so my son. so I was son. like happy all over again. You are my son. Um, I just forgot Anna Jay was in the pay-per-view. Exactly. And we were literally talking exactly. about it. I'm a tired um, boy today. It, it reminds me when... um. And I mentioned it too, like uh, when on that, it was in like July of last year or something and Bronson Reed had like won the title a couple of weeks ago or something mm-hmm. like, or like, no, a couple of months ago maybe. And then like Swerve, like he, it was like fresh off a of hit row and he was like challenging oh, for the title. It's like one of those same night challenges and we were like, oh, they're just going to feed Swerve to him. And then he like, he won yep. it just yeah, out of the blue and it yep. was like the best thing ever. He um, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And then after the match, uh, that was when NXT was good. Remember that? I do remember mm-hmm. that. Uh, Hobbs comes down and attacks Jungle Boy and Swerve, kind of laying him out. Then Luchasaurus comes down, and I don't think he did anything. And then Lee he did comes the tail down. whip kick. Thing. Oh, he did. He did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Lee comes down and the Hoss fight and two. So Lee sing tall, and he did even did like a dive thing, and Majiki did the outside. So look at Keith Lee be, doing Keith Lee things again. That's literally, my note one motive. Finally, Keith Lee does a move that is rare for a man his size. Right? They've just been pushing him as a powerhouse until this point, and I don't know. Maybe he's getting back in ring shape or something. They don't want to promise that he's going to be this you know high-flying 300 and whatever pound guy but he clearly can still do stuff uh i really like this match i thought it was very entertaining um and i feel like you may correct me that aew doesn't do a ton of triple threats either no they don't right i think so, it's like the first one they did was that title match i uh, don't nothing last year there's omega pack and Orange right, cassidy right and, and i thought this was really fun and that yeah. sequence in the middle you highlighted was amazing um and yes, there were some like cooperation things going on in here, but I don't care when it looks cool, right? So that's totally fine. And yeah, Lee Keith Lee finally did something kind of flippy, and I thought just a good TV match. Um, yeah, the landing was a little awkward, but I I thought I thought it was uh, still good though. Match of the night for me, I think. Yeah, no, that's safe to say. Yep. Um, I like this. It was pretty good. Um, some of the sequences were really cool. There was a lot of stuff I liked here. Um. I think they got off to a bit of a shaky start because there was like a couple of things that were like a mm-hmm. little botched, but they more than recovered, I think. Um, and it was a win for my boy Swerve, which makes me very happy because I think like it was kind of jarring when he lost to Starks and then yes. they lost to uh, Team Taz, which like, that right, that didn't anger me as much. Right but, as you're debuting, right? right? You need to get some wins. Because that tag match was good, so I, I won't fault that much. Good. But still, nonetheless, very happy he's getting a win and an important win too because it, it was a good match um, in a three-way. Uh, post-match stuff was fine, standard, but a good match. Uh, next, we get a promo from Lambert and Men of the Year. I don't care. Yeah, I don't um, I don't quite know what's going on with this, to be honest. Because I, I totally missed a thing on Rampage where they broke the TNT title, so apparently Kaz is aligned with Guevara now, I guess, because Sky betrayed him after... Did he? Yeah, because he remember he made him think he was going to do like the fighting champion thing, and then like, after the mat- their match on Rampage, we didn't watch it, but... Um, Did I know this? Fill me in. He, Keep going. So basically, you remember how like there was the whole respect thing? Yeah. Like, so he, he cut in... So he You're won the ladder match, you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so they actually had the match on Rampage, and like Paige cheated for him, and he pretended not to him, but then he just hit um Kaz with the belt after anyways oh, okay. and i, I guess Kabara took the belt and destroyed it last week hence his the belt revealed last night um and yeah i don't i don't so without knowing that you know what my interpretation of it was because i made a note and i can't 
my note is I kind of like that Sky is getting a fresh belt since Conti and Guevara disgraced the previous one. Like, I thought the idea was going to be like, they do disgusting stuff with that belt, so we're going to make a fresh one. I mean, they did. Disc- you were still right. That's you were still right. Whatever, right? Yeah. And they did do that. You you were still right without knowing anything. Cut, yeah. So I, that's what I, <laughs> true. That's funny. Just all, all, just on the off chance you were right. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought without that's knowing. Funny. Um. So Lambert says Gavar and Cass are stupid for thinking breaking the TNT title gives them a shot. He says because he's like American Top Team guy or whatever, so he knows a bunch of belt makers. Right. More like Tony Khan does, but sure. Loves the belts. Um. Yeah. I guess this is one of those belts he was referring to. I mm-hmm. think so. Uh, Lambert says he ordered a new TNT title before they even broke the old one. That just seems kind of stupid. So maybe that's why I thought that he wanted him to have a fresh belt. Maybe that's what why I thought that. Yeah, and they will reveal Sky's custom TNT title on Rampage. Spoiler, it's like a Lakers colored one. I don't know if that's like the intention, like but that's purple? the look of it. Yeah, it's like, um, because you know how there's always the sash on the front? <laughs> you know, yeah. there's like always the sash on the front, so that's like purple, and it's got like a yellow strap. Oh, okay. Um, that meant not... a purple strap. People are like raving about it. I think it's I think it's okay, but I'm honestly not loving it. And I find I rarely like new belts, except the AEW Championship belt is beautiful. I think I really I think like the black and red and gold one, like the you know like the standard yep. team I think that one's by far the best one. Or even like if we're going on custom titles, Miro's was really cool with the white and then the green it sash. Was. That was a cool one to me. Um, I think this one's all right. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do for the normal because I, I cl- this one's not staying around after Sky's done with it you know what i mean like yeah I, so i i don't know if they're gonna they're just gonna bring in a third one. black and red one because you know there's the interim one so wait there's still the interim belt they just use that so many belts uh-huh. there's a lot stop saying belt there's so many Dude, can you hear vince mcmahon in your ear right now <laughs> there's so many tnt titles like there's like there's the remember the prototype one like the silver one yes, with the black logo. Had, like nothing on it mm-hmm. then there was like we'll call it the Brody lee one which is the one with the red and gold but with the red strap yeah and then there is the black strap with the red and gold and then there's the mirror one and then now the scorpio sky one that's like a lot like that's five designs for one title since 2020 yeah in two years basically yeah um that was math so i didn't do math there but it's just like to for tony khan this is like a video game you just have unlimited funds you're like ah i feel like making a new belt right <laughs> i, like I you, do think that's kind of funny it's like you going in and designing belts just for fun on your video games and the women's title has had three designs yep. which but that those were worn because it was a bracelet the first time <laughs> so that doesn't even count i hated that so much it was bad it was the worst um it was a fine promo i guess we have yet another design for the title fifth it's like uh it's like the cody Rhodes of AEW belts because like he was getting all a buttload of figures so it's the tnt title is what cody Rhodes is to AEW action figures or was yes i guess more yep um i later saw it's fine but the red and black is much better like i said slakers colored i guess that probably plays in the sky because he's i remember on his tron is he like kobe bryant so oh makes sense could be um next we get thunder rose interview with shivani on stage she's not wearing face paint like a little chump um she says she wants everyone to see her face that duly noted duly saw noted. it yep saw it can confirm um it was there yep. um it's okay. a face it is a face that mm. is true it's the face of someone yep that is also a fact um who has worked for it and earned everything and she says Deeb's not a champion uh, 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 that's valid that's fact um, i feel like she's ignoring the fact that she lost the nwa title to Deeb like a long time ago but we'll just we'll we'll go that over that is true um, she says Deeb complains and blames her past and her 
uh, Cosmic changes to look in the mirror and blame herself. She she says she used to look up to Deeb probably because she's younger than Deeb, so like you know, child. Yeah, she would um, be forcing she, she would travel anymore. to go watch her and stuff, and looked up to her. Whether that's true or not, I, I don't, don't know. know if anyone's ever traveled to see Serena Deeb specifically. She's but, pretty sweet. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't think like people are traveling to see her. <laughs> no offense. That's like uh, that would be like tra- okay. I don't want to like be mean to him or anything, but, but like here it comes. Which means that'd you're be going like, to. That'd be like traveling to see Cesaro. Like no one's going specifically to see Cesaro, even though he's like great, but yeah. like no one's like seeking out Cesaro. No. You know what I mean? Probably not. Like no I feel bad for saying that about Cesaro, but like Or Cesaro. Like they're both really good and I like them, but like Is it Claudio now? Did, can you call him Cesaro? Claudio Cesaro. Cla- Castagnoli again? No, it's I think it's gonna be claudio cesaro with like the va- with the vowels C- gone yeah i saw yeah no oh, is oh the vowels there okay. sorry i so, forgot the o's there with right. removing two who vowels could possibly no vowels who could know <laughs> letters the english teacher sounds made up the english teacher yeah she says on sunday d won't see your face uh just saw it blindfold match yep <laughs> um wait eye for an eye match she's coming in a mask that's what it is she's gonna debut a mask Oh, Lucha. La Luchadora, remember yes. from like, the Mickey yes. James angle? Yes. Yeah. Um, the war paint comes on and she'll beat respect into Deeb. Nice. Yeah, I mean, so Thunder Rosa, I think I will say it now, she is not good at live promos. And when the crowd started chanting her name, it seemed like it distracted her a little bit. And then you even noticed at the end, remember the music was really loud and she was trying to talk? Oh, yeah. At and the end, the last time was like kind of cut off. Pretty awkward. She. Like, she definitely tried, and I don't think this was a bad promo, but I thought Deeb knocked hers out of the park last week. Um, this one was solid, but I didn't think it was great. I haven't... What, do you, what have you thought of the Thunder Rosa title run to this point? I'm... I think it's been all right. Um, and while I, I would like someone else, I don't think it's Deeb's time. Yeah, I don't like. I haven't been impressed with her title run, and I wanted her to have the title, and I think they gave it to I her. I think the it's right been time, fine but... so far. I do. I think she should keep going though, because I want to give her a bit more of a chance. Yes. I think she deserves a bit more of a chance, just because like I think it's been built for a bit. So, I'm gonna give it some time. I think it's and been, I think it's only been a bit, right? Part so... of the blame goes to booking and presentation, right? It's not yeah. I think her fault I think it get better for sure. Yep. Um, it was solid. I thought it was at least an improvement over her other promos. Yes. Um, nothing great, but it sounded it's it. It's so, it sounded solid com- in comparison. Yes, right? she never sounds super comfortable. No, but this sounded better. It's I a, agree. It's a step in the right direction. Her, I think later, when in, in my overall thoughts, I said like it's probably her best promo, but still not great. Yeah, right. That's fair. Um, the only thing is, her last time was kind of hard to hear because they played her music too early. <laughs> really, so that was kind of funny. They did. Um, next we get Velvet interview for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> also she's got a figure coming so that makes about the same amount of sense rarely does a segment end and we're looking at each other going what was like you were like i don't know what to write <laughs> especially down especially on AEW too i feel like that could be on nxt 2.0 sure be like happens every i'd be week. like yeah no that happens but no yeah, we had um, no idea what was going so on felt i had to take notes for this or like borrow from notes, somewhere borrow else from notes from yeah. Uh, John report so shout out to him because I I I didn't know. He took a know. bullet for us. We yes. were both we watched it. We were sitting there watching it. We I wasn't distracted. I wasn't like sure what to call. And it. we're like I, you're like I don't know what to say happened. Oh, I was distracted. I caught on like halfway through, and then I was like I was just like I wasn't quite sure what the notebook was because I saw her hand. Okay. Anyways, go right. ahead recap um, this gem. Red Velvet was interviewed by Tony Schiavone. You know that Chris Stanley beat Velvet to advance the tournament. She wasn't pleased when Tony asked if she was upset about the loss. Nope, she's 
feeling real chipper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ruby Soho happened to be standing nearby or something, and she walked on the screen because she's facing Vel- Statlander yes. in the semifinals yesterday, which she won. Um, I figured because Statlander handed Ruby wasn't Soho even... a book of notes about Statlander because that's what people, people do. do. You have an entire notebook full of. And you hand it to someone you're not allied with. That you've never, ever mentioned before or nobody's ever mentioned before. Remember when Chad Gable was doing that once? Yes. You actually remember that? Yes, a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. He's like taking notes randomly backstage. Velvet Laugh, all of Ruby said her match, last match with Chris Stylander was close in the TBS tournament, which feels like eons ago. Yes. Like, that was the slowest tournament of all time. It was. Um, Ruby's, I, need, I want AEW to do like a one-night tournament special, you know, like the WWE's yes. UK one or like... Not Cruiserweight. They didn't do that for Cruiserweight Classic, but like, did they do that for Mae Young? I don't know. They, I know they did that for the UK tournament, right? Yeah. So I, I want the, I want AEW to do one of those. Um, Ruby tossed the book down, so RIP book. Uh, yeah, I I had trouble following this. I I guess Velvet takes notes on how to beat people, and I... Because she's a wrestling prodigy. Ruby Soho's promo style just irks me, and I can't even for sure tell you what it is. I, I was like... It's kind of like Keith Lee. It's probably my fault, not theirs, but I just don't like the way they deliver stuff. It doesn't I work for me. I have noticed she hasn't been great, and then like you're kind of pointing that out. I'm just like, oh, yeah, she's kind of like just not. And I don't know what this accomplished or what they were really talking about, so I guess like that means this wasn't a good segment because I was completely baffled by what was going on here. I don't know if it's anything of consequence. We've probably spent too much time on it, but it happened. Setting up a Rampage match. Yes. Uh, this wasn't great. It was short. It was confusing. Hardly even knew what happened when I was done. Yep. Um, something about Soho's and Rice. She's just kind of off in these backstage segments, and she's like almost good in the ring. I think she's solid, but she's like almost good. The more I see her, the less I like her. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't know. Don't care about her styling. Again, I forgot they even had a first match. If you right. had told me they've never faced off before, I would believe you. I see. I kind of feel like everybody at that level has already faced everybody. That's a, a fair assumption. Right. But so. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> Um, next we get co-main event. Okay. Sure. Is what they called it. That's, that's what they told that's us. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and when our audio is starting. Yeah. To... So our audio started to lag behind the video by like half a second or less, maybe it's so but annoying. enough to be annoying. It's even more annoying in wrestling. Cause I feel like there's so many things that like, yes. it's not like just people talking in like a movie or something. It's like, which is all, always effects. super annoying, but like, it's always like them hitting the mat, yes. hitting like a chop or something. And it's like, everything it's off. And it's just, or like when you hear the ref say something, it's like the count's off. Like yes. there's so many things in wrestling that are just like, if your sound's lagged, it's not good. Yeah, it was annoying. Um, a few notables. There's a Trinity T by Storm and a hip attack in the corner. Um, later on, a, the worst Alabama slam I've ever seen and then, uh, by Storm. And then like a field roll through um, to roll Baker through. And then she counters and hits a air raid crash for two. The air raid crash looked good. But yeah, she was trying to roll her through like Wardlow does to pick you up for yeah. another power bomb, And it was real bad. She did not look good here. No. Uh, Fisherman neckbreaker by Baker for two. Um, the finish was stupid. It they botched, botched it. that too. Yep. Baker sat down on a pin, holds the ropes for leverage, to get the win. Um, it seemed like hater interference was intended, but like it, it was. She was late getting there. Correct. Like it was just stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the ending of this was botched, and instead of hater getting the assist and Brit cheating, Brit just kind of won on her on her own, which I don't think is what they were going for here. Um, this match was a mixed bag for me. There were parts of it I thought looked pretty good, and then there was just some general clunkiness, I would call it, along the way, right? Which is too bad. I thought 
Storm dominated a lot of this match, right? Um, she got busted open too at some point, right? Her nose was bleeding. Um, I don't know. It was decent, I guess, but I was hoping for better because I actually really liked the Storm Hater match. I would say I liked that much better than this one, which is weird to say. So I can't tell which one I like. I think I've settled into like Tony Storm is inconsistent, is what I will say. Because I've liked some stuff she does, but I've also not liked it. So I didn't really care for this that much. You? I stand by my thoughts. You that think she she's sucks. just, yeah, I think she's inconsistent, I'll say. I will say she's extremely overrated. By some, yes. I, I, I think I properly people. rate her. I think you're pretty fair. Yeah, uh, I'll I try. I'll allow that. Um, I thought it was all right. Solid match. Nothing great. Nothing. Not much to note. Uh, still fine. Uh, <laughs> still don't think Storm was great. There's some notable, notable missteps. Her from outfit her. looked cool. I thought. I don't remember. It was like red leather. It was yeah. cool looking. Another notable botch would uh would be the finish. Although this time, not the fault of Storm. At least I don't think so. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, Hater was definitely meant to help Baker cheat to win, but then she didn't really do anything. Baker held the rope for like a second, but then let go before the pin was even done. Yes. So it was all done not very good. No. Also, um, I forgot to mention the banter that the Thor Love and Trail Thor Love and Thunder trailer came oh, yeah, out I didn't Monday, watch it yet. and it was amazing. I've watched it like at least ten well, times. Pull it up for me later. I'll check. And it we out. will do that. Okay. Uh huh. Because Thor three is one of my favorites. Um. And main event time, the actual main event. Okay, how dare you? Co-main event is just bull. How dare you? And that also implies that the two main events are on the same level and same level interest, which is not true. Right. Um. For me, main event means the last thing that went on. I don't like when they're like triple main event, or they don't want to say that one match is bigger. I'm than the okay other. with like even saying like the last match that went on because I, I don't really like main event as in like you're a segment. Choosing you know? that last match for a reason right so right. that's the one you think is more important i would exactly suggest. so i don't that's what i'm saying yeah and like i i think when when then with a the segment i'd still even consider the main event to be the last match like i don't i, I do don't, too i don't know if like because i don't know just i don't i don't really call like a segment a main event I, well and i just, think main it doesn't there, there's something doesn't connect there i think the word match is implied after main event for me right like you're just not saying main event match every time because it's exactly sounds yeah of, but it's implied yeah, right it's kind of like it just kind of comes along with the territory there yeah that's fair um so it is Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly semifinals the winner faces Adam Cole Bebe right. either way an interesting match should be a really yeah good match mm -hmm. um so and to clarify for anyone the the finals of the two tournaments are um pay per view matches right um there's some strikes by Joe and a snap suplex for two later on. Kyle Riley catches uh, Joe with a high knee as he was running the ropes and then arm wrenches him to the ground, um, which makes sense because of the attack from Big Boyd and Jay Lethal and mm -hmm. Sanjay Dutt with the the lead pipe, the most feared weapon <laughs> of all of pro wrestling. It's ridiculous. The most feared weapon in pro wrestling that is exclusive to pro wrestling. Just bring a bat, man. <laughs> Just grab a aluminum, aluminum bat. Right. I don't... Like, where do you get, like... A, like are you like cutting off a pipe from something or like because like the pipe's always like a specific size to fit like a weapon yes but it's like where are you getting these pipes it's like the wily e. coyote ordering all of his stuff from acme which you probably didn't watch the looney tune stuff but it's kind of that idea that he's ordered like yeah because it's a ridiculous looking weapon i can't stand it <laughs> i just don't know where like you feasibly get a lead pipe from it just doesn't like in the wrestling gimmick store you just like just weapons or like just pick a chair because you can like hit him with the chair and yes. then like put his arm in the chair and step on the chair with a the large man you have with you like right. it just a lead pipe is just it's, it's always really funny and like, I don't, just anything but a lead pipe unless it's in clue then it's cool oh then yeah then it's fine 
Um, there's kicks to target the bad arm by Kyle Riley. Boot and a running senton later on for two by Joe. Uh, big lariat by Joe for two, which for a near fall, which is pretty cool. It was cool. big. His chops are, re- like, I put his chops are rivaling Walter's right now. Mm-hmm. They are huge. Yep. Or, who? Sorry, sorry. Gunther? <laughs> Gunther Stark. And it, partly it's probably because O'Reilly's, like, go ahead, right? Right. Like, just mm-hmm. No, Kyle Riley's definitely one of those I don't care. Um, Kyle Riley countered out of the muscle source, which is kind of cool, and it got was. into Fujiwara armbar for a bit. There's a um, pretty hard strike exchange. Then O'Reilly got an O'Connor roll for two. Joe kicked out and countered right into the Kikina clutch, and O'Reilly passes out to give Joe the win, and he will face Adam Cole, baby. Right? I At Yeah. Double or nothing. This was a hard hitting match. I like I don't I wouldn't say it was a fast pace, but it was steady, right? There were no lulls, which I like. Um they both work a style where most of their offense makes sense, right? Um O'Reilly targeted Joe's left arm a lot, which is make is logical and he did a good job with it. You get the mix of like technical stuff, high impact stuff and striking, so I enjoy the style of both of these guys. Um predictable outcome I thought. I didn't think there was much chance O'Reilly wins here, but a very good main event nonetheless. And I don't think we're getting peak Samoa Joe at this point, but he's still really good. I don't think I'd expect it either, no. so I think it's okay. But he's not to the point where I don't want to see him, right? He's still... No, he can still, like... And it's it does... He does have the benefit of working a style that still lends itself well to him. Like, Jeff Hardy is right. not right. the same, right? Right, because he's got a like, high-risk stuff. Obviously, Jeff Hardy's also much older, but Joe is, like... It's also, like, he works a style that is easier to work while he's getting older like yep. it, where you don't see as much of a difference i'd even say like someone like kurt angle like you could tell the difference like when he was yes. doing his the last wwe run like yeah it was brutal i feel like joe it's like it's one of those styles where like sure you can see he's getting older but like it's it's the difference isn't noticeable enough where like i'd have an issue with no. it, like you said right like still it's good not matches. it's not a bad difference and it's like it's pretty similar like he's still doing good and i think him and cole will have a really good match yeah exactly so. like it's not like i'm saying like yep. oh i wish it was prime joe obviously i do wish it was prime joe but like this is like it's still not good. it's not too far removed nope. from prime joe i agree um i thought it was pretty good exactly the type of match you'd expect um a lot of hard strikes but they look good like joe is chopping hard like you said i like the targeting of the arm uh from kyle riley made sense added a bit of a story to the match um, like you said, steady pace, no lulls, which is good. Like, I don't mind that if that's what it's going to be. Like, yeah, at totally least fine. No lulls. I like that he was able to count on the muscle buster, and then Joe had to resort to the cooking clutch instead. Yes. I don't think he's done that in AEW. I think it's been all muscle busters so, so far. So he's introducing a secondary exactly. finisher, which is Which nice we've too. seen a lot of times yes. before, but not yet here. So I like that Kyle Riley was able to count on the muscle buster, which kind of forced a different finish. Yep. Um, I And like I said, I don't think he's used that in AEW yet. Overall, good main event for sure. Um, Cole... Uh, versus Joe Double Nothing sounds great. Yep. Uh, overall, I like this show quite a bit. The opening match I thought was more an angle than a match, but I thought it was effective in that role. Mox Kingston Private Party was a fun TV match. FTA Rapongi Vice was good until you got the non-finish, but still, I, I like the debut of those guys was interesting. Triple Threat was great. My match of the night, women's match, I think we can agree was underwhelming. Uh, main event was good, but I still like the Triple Threat better. And then for me, the only segments of consequence on this show were Hangman Punk, which I thought was really good, just oddly positioned on the show. And then the Thunder Rosa promo, which I don't think, again, may have been her best one, but still wasn't very good. So two pretty good segments, one that I really liked, a couple good matches, a surprise appearance by Cobb and Ocon. Again, for me, this week felt just out of the A range, so I gave it another B+. I thought this was a very good show, but not quite an A-level show. What about you? 
Yeah, I think it's fair. I think um matches. I think the f- the opener was not great as a match, but I think it was an angle. So I'll, I'll just say it was good. <laughs> um, I think that's fair. Uh, the Mox Kingston squash was fine. The ROH tag title match was fine. I'd like a different finish. I'm happy to see Jeff Cobb. Uh, the the three ways was by far my favorite match on the show. I think that was really good, uh, really clean. Uh, the women's tournament semifinal was all right. Um, and the main event was pretty solid. Second favorite match, of course. And as segments as far as segments go, the Hangman Punk segment was I thought that was really good. I like that a lot. And um, we had some solid packages throughout. I think the Hardy's one even didn't completely suck. So you're right. That's, that's a good point. The positive. The only ones I didn't love were probably the many year one. The Velvet, Statlander, Soho nonsense. <laughs> Mystery. And then, and then the Thunder Rosa promo, but even then not a huge fault. Um, so I think a B plus is fair. It does kind of fall short of the yeah. A range, but I think it's in like a middle of the road B plus. Yep. Good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will now move into taking a look at trivia. We're going to consult our questionable book of trivia again. Questionable at best. And a segment we like to call Off the Top of His Head. So this week, we're going to go back to a bygone era of wrestling when women's wrestling was awful, a joke, a joke um, completely disrespected and ridiculous. And that is the WWE Divas. So I don't think we've done this. We're struggling to remember. Have we yeah, done I don't, this before? But I don't think we have. If uh, anyone knows, then let us know. Sure. But uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure because I read a bunch of the questions and I don't recognize them. So we'll see what you think. Um, so I think we'll do them all because there's only. 21. You ready? 21 Divas questions. Yikes. Remember, I have options if you need them. Question one. Which WWE Diva holds the record for most combined days as Divas champion? I assume we're only talking Divas title now. You want options? I know it's one, two. Um, I'll, go, I'll go AJ Lee. Correct. Very yeah. good. I know Nikki Bella is the longest single one. Yes. Uh, but I think she, her first run was really short. I would not have gotten that. I only no know chance. that because I... It wasn't like super recent, but I remember there was a ranking of every Divas champion, so it's a little fresh in the mind, but not completely. I'm pretty sure you're going to get number two right, considering you just answered it. Which WWE Diva holds the record for longest individual reign? Nikki Bella. Correct. Second to last. <laughs> you're just predicting too. the next question now. Which WWE Diva has the most reigns as joint WWE G- Divas champ with AJ Lee? Does that make sense? I Let think, me... like, who also has the most reigns. Yeah, I guess AJ Lee's tied. say it that way? So, interesting. Uh, Do you want options? Yeah. Becky Lynch. What? She never held it. Charlotte Flair. She held it once. Eve Torres. Eve Torres. Yes. Yeah. I, it, it clicked in my mind once I heard it. And Natalia was the other option. I think she also held it once. Jillian Hall holds the record for the <laughs> shortest reign. How long did it last? Well, I think it's, like, shorter than nine minutes, but I don't know. There, you want options? Sure. Five, ten, two, one. Five minutes. Ten. Ten. So you're close. At least you think knew. Think Yokozuna was. At, at least you knew it was minutes. I'll give that to you. I probably yeah. wouldn't have gotten that. Because I think then Molina got drafted and beat her for it. Oh, that makes sense. When was the WWE Divas Championship created? What year? Twenty ten. Two thousand nine. Very close. Twenty ten. No. Twenty eleven. Other way. Two thousand eight. Correct. Damn. I was you were within a year on your first guess. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Which WWE diva became the inaugural diva? Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna read it as written. All right. Oh my goodness. Never fit. It's the it's the most entertaining part of our show is reading this. 
Which WWE diva became the young the inaugural Divas Championship? <laughs> she became the championship. So now when you win, you get her, I guess. I don't know. Right. Or like her, her face it was on the it's like the retro women title where they put their picture in the middle of the belt. <laughs> so who was the first one to win? Michelle McCool. Correct. True or false? She became the championship forever. This is an odd way to phrase this too. True or false? Stephanie McMahon conceptualized the title. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what they mean by okay, that. Okay, Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling, so true. No, it's false. Oh, what, she did but, not conceptualize the title. But she invented women's wrestling. She okay, did. and maybe not Diva's wrestling. She's responsible for the women's revolution. Single-handedly. Single-handedly. Even though she has two hands. Nobody else did anything. Double-handedly. Who is the oldest WWE Divas champion? Stephanie McMahon. Uh, you, you want options? <laughs> Because uh, I don't think it's obvious. Layla, Natalia, Stephanie, Nia Jax. Oh my god, she's actually an option. She is. <laughs> That's hilarious. What were the first two options? It's not Nia Jax. Layla, Natalia. Layla. Correct. Yeah. I, didn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. I didn't think she was... I don't think she was exceedingly old. I guess just technically I wouldn't have older. guessed without options. Uh, this one I would get because I remember. Who is the youngest WWE Divas champion? Paige. Correct. I think she was like... 20 right and she won it when like she that. was still nxt women's champion right which she was huge the, push she was the inaugural one so i guess she became the championship for nxt right? <laughs> that's right <laughs> she became the inaugural championship oh goodness what is the name of the tv show for the wwe female roster total bellas <laughs> uh, total divas correct yeah. and there's total bellas which WWE diva won the first ever WWE Unified Divas Championship? Wow, I did not remember Michelle that. Michelle McCool. A thing. She yes. is an option, but she is not the right answer. Options are Melina, Paige, Caitlin. Melina. Correct. I mean, if we can trust this book, who I don't even knows? know what it means. So, when were the WWE Women's Championship and WWE Divas Championship unified? So, what year were those two unified? Twenty sixteen. No. Oh, right. we're going the okay. Sorry, I was thinking like when. No. The when, okay. I have uh, options if you'd like. Two thousand ten. Correct. Okay, so Why that's what I was. Know that because that's what I was thinking of the first time. Why would you know that? I don't know. <laughs> well, I thought they meant um when like the second women's title. I remember when they introduced the women's title and they retired the Divas title. So right. I, that's why I said 2016. Which legendary female wrestler was the first to proclaim herself as a diva? So who was the first to use that? I have options if okay. you'd like. Options. Sunny, Marlena, Sable, Deborah. Sable. Correct. It was, in fact, Sable. I was going to say Sable as a joke before. In what year did the first ever Divas main event of the WWF between Stephanie McMahon and Lita occur? 2000. Correct. Why do you know that? McMahon Helms the era, baby. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. What was the name of the reality show WWE organized as a platform for Divas to get signed? Diva Search. That one? Uh, what? No. What? They're saying that well, is not. What correct. is it then? You want options? I just want to know what it is. Tough no, enough, maybe. strong enough, big enough, oh, or option D, which is my favorite. She's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut the last one because it's funny. <laughs> yes. So obviously, there's only one of those that was a show, so it's a pretty easy guess. It's tough enough. Yes. Really? That's a, what? That's not diva specific though. I don't think. And I think their phrasing of the question, I don't think they're trying to say specifically divas, I guess, but divas but were involved, right? It just seems like, I don't, I don't know. Hard That's to weird. believe they didn't word the question well. Hard to believe. <laughs> Which of these divas shortly held the male cruiserweight championship in 2004? Jacqueline. Correct. 
Actually, I probably would have picked that out of the list. I kind of remember that. What are the other options? Uh, Candace Michelle, no. Beth Phoenix, <laughs> maybe. Nikki no, she James, didn't debut no. then. I, I know, think but she, she would. Like... She could. She could beat if men. you didn't know the years. Right. Yeah. Oh, that too. Uh, which WWE diva became the first to hold the Divas Championship twice? I have options. Maurice. Why do you know that? That's not worth knowing. YouTube. You video need to bump again. that out of your head and replace <laughs> it with something useful. Well, it was. Uh, it was again. It was in the ranking, and then I, I guess that just triggered the the, the memory because I, I I almost thought it wasn't her too. Something else. Just... Which WWE <laughs> diva? Why do I keep saying WWE? I'm just gonna say diva. Which diva? You know where they were wrestling? WCW. Right. Uh, became the first NXT graduate to win the Divas Championship. Page? No, we want options. Sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it as written. Catalan, <laughs> Eve Torres, Stephanie McMahon, or AJ Lee. Stephanie McMahon is an NXT graduate. All right. I, uh, I guess Caitlin or Catalan. <laughs> Catalan, and the answer also says Catalan, so you are correct. <laughs> that isn't how she spelled it, right? I'm mocking them. I assume she didn't spell it Catalan. I don't think so. True or false? WrestleMania XXX, that sounds like 30, was the first time the WWE... Oh, How do you know that they know Roman numerals? Divas Championship would be defended at WrestleMania. 30 Divas Championship defended, first time. I True think, yeah. Correct. Who... Oh my God, did they do it again? Please tell me. Is it the same question? <laughs> I think they already... I already asked you this. Okay, what is it? That's amazing. <laughs> Same as question nine. Who is the youngest Divas champion in WWE history? What are they doing? Nobody, like, nobody proofread this. Nobody edited this. Who made this book? You should feel shame. So you should go in a museum. Do you need the option? <laughs> All right. Last question. My goodness. That's twice that least that's happened. Final question. If or do you mean four times? Because double repeat. If it's unique, even. Which WWE diva became the first to appear on the cover of Playboy in 1999? Sable. Correct. So you did very well. This book is quite entertaining, as it turns <laughs> out, for, for all the wrong reasons. Um, but anyway, very hilarious. You'd know a lot about divas trivia, which is probably something you should, again, kick out of your brain and replace it with something else. <laughs> but for anyways, sure. we'll get back to talking about some wrestling now. And that would be this week's episode of NXT UK. All right, so this episode starts with commentary setting up the main event of tonight's show, which we'll see A-Ked, A-Ked, nope, a, that's not even, Catalan. A, that's just me speaking, it's, I wish I could say I spelt it wrong, but that's just a talking <laughs> problem, not a typing problem. Uh, it's A-Kid taking on Charlie Dempsey in a Heritage Rules match, and then they basically throw to the opening match, which is Mark Coffey taking on Saxon Huxley. So the story of this, I guess, is kind of that Mark Coffey is dedicating this to Joe Coffey, his brother, who left in a huff right after they... Wasn't he also injured after the match? Too? They lost to... Was it a tag match they lost? Yeah. Opportunity to get in the triple too. threat, I think. Yeah, that could be. Uh, Storyline or real life? Yes. Which I, I don't you don't know. Uh, so Coffee's taken on Saxon Huxley here. Um, yeah, he tells us... They gets a little spritz, split screen moment to say his brother is gone and taking a break, but that when he comes back, he will see that there is a Coffee still in charge. Um... So quick notes, Huxley had control early of this with his kind of unorthodox offense. Coffee then battles back before 
we get a sit-out choke bomb from Huxley that looked pretty good. Suplex, diving forearm, and Coffee ends up winning this match. I didn't think there was anything wrong with this particularly, but I wouldn't say there was Yeah, any... I think it was, like, solid, but it's just, like, one of those matches that was just, like, kind of there. Yes, nothing like it, special. Nothing, nothing great, nothing offensive, just, like, it was kind of there, not super offensive. And I kind of thought, if I had to guess before it started, that Coffee might lose here. Because you could tell the story of like he's lost without his brother who abandoned him and now Mark Coffey can't win because Joe was selfish and left. But I obviously I don't know where they're going with this story. But I, I think thought there is some injury involved, whether it's storyline yeah. or not. And then I thought that would also, if you went that route, would be a way to give Huxley a quality win. Because I don't know if he has <laughs> any of those. And I don't mind Huxley. He's kind of a weird character. But I guess they decided to do other things. But yeah, like fine, but nothing amazing. Yeah, I think it was just one of those matches that's just kind of like, it was there, it was all right, uh, nothing super interesting, but right. not a waste of your time, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Ivy Nile package is next. Uh, she gets to speak a fair amount here, which is that kind of sucked. not the best idea for her at this point, but I get it. They have to... Good thing she's paired with Roddy, am I right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Who can talk for them? Um, Mako will find out what the Pitbull of Diamond Mine is all about, referring to herself. She didn't come halfway around the world Stone not, Pitbull. not to win gold. Um. So I thought even though this was a recorded segment, she still didn't sound I very just, good. Like, uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know what it is, but she just does not sound good. And I great. think she has massive potential. Like, I know they're going to love her look, and I think she's fine in the ring for the amount of experience she has. But talking is hard, I think, especially when... English I, hard. And they're forced to... Everything is tightly scripted, right? It's not like, here's an idea, go say something that makes sense. It's like, here's every syllable that we want you to say. Right. So I think that makes it tougher. Every syllable. Uh, Von Wagner and Sam Gradwell oh, sort of have a back and forth segment of good. here. Um, each man comments on the other while watching highlights of the other person too. Uh, bottom line, Gradwell isn't afraid of Wagner. And Wagner thinks that Gradwell thinks he's a big deal, but has never faced anyone like Vaughn, etc., etc. And that that match will take place next week. I actually thought that this was by far the best that Wagner has ever sounded. I don't even think he sounded bad here. I think he still sounded bad, but he sounded less bad where I didn't want to punch myself as much. Because instead of it, like him trying to stand and sound like a monster, he's in street clothes, right? And he's sitting down watching TV, just commenting on highlights of I Gradwell. He, it felt more natural, I guess. It I, did, but I, I don't know. I just I'm not he's saying still, he's uh, the second coming of Eddie He still Kingston, sounds stupid. It's but, just, uh, I don't know. I, I thought it, him. I thought <laughs> this is backhanded compliment. One of those like considering who was involved here i thought this was a fine package right <laughs> like so i'm kind of complimenting and insulting at the same That's time well done but and i actually think that gradwell because i used to not really be sure about him i think he fills a role in uk like he's one of those guys you just want on your roster right? he's a solid hand he, that's right yeah and he can sort of be face or heel or whatever yeah. you need him to be exactly right? yeah uh we then get amelia mckenzie taking yogurt taken on lash legend speaking of good because i need lash in my life twice uh, two different shows every week exactly. that's what i need that's what you need yeah and, and damon kemp too if that's the case <laughs> anyways um this match happens and lash is just too big and strong early on we get a flurry for amelia mckenzie if you, they call that hasn't happened a million they refer to her as suplex millie and i'm not sure she hit a suplex in this whole match but anyways uh maybe lash is just too big lash ends up catching her bashes her head between the ropes then hits a fallaway slam we get another flurry for Mackenzie, which ended with kind of an awkward-looking twisting neckbreaker. 
Then Amelia comes off the top ropes, kind of like you pointed it out because I was struggling to describe it, but like she was going to hit a buckshot lariat, right? She right, kind of does yeah, that. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Because coming off the top ropes makes it sound like she's jumping off them, but, but it she's was not. She kind of like flipped flipping. Off. Um, but she flips r- like that. right into a big boot from Lash, and Lash ends up winning the match. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was an alright boot, but like, who wins with that anymore? She does now. Uh, this wasn't great, but I've also, s- <laughs> I've also seen worse from Lash Legend. So, um, it got more time than I expected. Mackenzie actually got a bit of time on offense, and I, I mean, just generally, I'm not a fan of 2.0 people coming here and racking up wins because Amelia Mackenzie needs to be built up a little if they plan on doing anything with her. So, bringing over people from other companies to beat her when she's getting beat all the time by people in that company, like it's not doing her any favors, Brand. right? But clearly they have, they think the ceiling is higher on Lash and maybe it is like, she looks impressive, right? Cause she's really big and strong. Um, oh and- my God. Her theme was so bad. I don't remember exactly how it sounded. It was like some keep me like, Ooh, or something like that. And it was, <laughs> it was abysmal. It I don't remember. like hurt my ears. Yeah, it was so. very like her too, like her character, but like in the worst way possible, like the most backhanded of compliments. I'm assuming you were not a big fan of the match. No, I don't. I just, Lash is really bad. Like She's I can tough to watch. I can hand Von Wagner all I want. Like I, I, he might be worse. They're similar, to be honest. They are so similar, but like I don't like. At least on this show, she was far worse than what Von Wagner did. As a whole, I am still the jury's still out on that one. She's worse. She's limited, but um, yeah, she has a bit more charisma or something personality than wagner does okay yeah she's got more personality which is a backhanded compliment as well right uh earlier this week mark andrews is spying on kenny williams and there's some referees in there with kenny telling him um i thought it was just like medical people maybe it was officials we'll say then right some some kind um he's still looking for his stalker and he has still the pictures with the string all over the walls connecting everything like in the batman exactly uh andrews tells kenny he should worry less about his stalker and more about his match with andrews and then the officials in there tell kenny williams he has to take down the stuff he has on the walls and then it's sort of over i still think kenny williams is entertaining but i don't think mark andrews is and I assume Kenny Williams is going to get the win in this match because... Are they having a match? I guess that's what yeah, they're doing they seem, here. Yeah, they seem to have a story for Williams where Andrews is just kind of there when they need and to be there. And that mysterious guy we don't know right. will show up. Who could possibly figure that out? So yeah, I don't know. It, this was fine and Kenny Williams... Yeah, solid. I like Kenny Williams. He's Me one too. of the, my favorites here left. Um, I think he's solid and I think he's pretty entertaining. And Andrews is all right. I don't hate him, but I, he's just kind of there. He is. That's the role he's in now. He's just there if they need somebody to have a decent match. Um, Shaw Samuels taken on Damon Kemp, also over from Diamond Mine. Uh, so Kemp dominates early on with amateur style stuff. And then Dar is shown drinking from a flask as he watches. And he, at one point, he finishes the flask. So I don't know if this is supposed to tease tension or what that was about. But anyways, I, I wrote it down. Uh, Shaw takes over with a very much a ground and pound style, controls things for quite a while here, actually. And then Kemp takes over again with some more throws, including two belly-to-belly overhead release suplexes that looked pretty good. Um, we get no Dar interference, and Shaw Samuels wins. Do you remember the finishing move to this one? I forgot. Uh, Unimpressive. Ah, or damn it. Um, Triple H or Batista or Arn oh, Anderson. Right. Spinebuster, Spinebuster for the win. Um, yeah, I don't. Or uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. I don't find Shaw's style super exciting, but I mean, he's a solid wrestler. And 
despite Kemp's amateur background, we talked about it while we were watching. There's just something about him I don't like. I think like his I don't his look was incredible. Like I was I was joking like it's like he looks like a jobber even though he's gonna be they're putting him over and then they didn't put him over because he doesn't look like um he's not like a super jacked like Julius. You look at him and you're like man that guy's a beast right or Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar or many most of those even uh, Shelton Benjamin is a monster. Haas was a, this guy just kind of looks like a slightly muscular average dude. Right. And like um, he looks super boring. He doesn't talk yeah, right. Like he, his zero his theme was like a jobber theme. And he may every sense of it. Obviously he's got the amateur background, so they love that. And he can hit suplexes, which I'm a sucker for. I believe but he's Bobby Stevenson, so I great. I wasn't super impressed, but yep. I didn't expect to be either. Yep. Then we get a promo from each of the teams in the upcoming triple threat match. For the titles, they actually said quite a bit. I wrote down very little. Uh, Seven is basically tired of talking about Smith and Carter. And the only thing I chuckled was he keeps calling it Die Family, right? And Bate corrects him the first time, I think. But he just keeps saying it instead of Die Familia. He calls them Die Family. Which um, I have said before. Joking. You have. They listen to the show. Don't kid yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, each team tells us why they'll win. A pretty actually well done package, I thought. I think that this match could be really good. I like all three of these teams, and like I've been saying, I assume it's Smith and Carter's time. Although I wouldn't care if it went on D Familia either, to be honest. I just think I think that'd be interesting. It's coming off Mustache Mountain because they're going to feud against each other. So I think Smith and Carter probably deserve it a bit more. But it would be cool. Actually, you know what? If you, I kind of like the babyface chasing, right? So if you have D Familia steal the pinfall from them. And then Smith and Carter have to chase them. I think yeah. that's probably the best story to yeah. go with, right? I could totally do that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolfgang consoles Damon Kemp backstage, offers to teach him how to do things the Glasgow way. So, I don't know. Is Wolfgang still in Gallus? Yeah. So, is he recruiting, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. Fine, whatever. Uh, main event, which is A-Kid versus Charlie Dempsey in the Heritage Rules match. So, we were looking forward to this one. Very quick... Uh, Part of the reason I really like these matches is I find the note-taking super easy. I just do round one and then quick summary, right? Right, it yeah, and well, to... three-minute three yeah. rounds, right? So, yeah. so round one is almost exclusively holds encounters with A-Kid getting a bridging near fall right as the bell rings. Round two is still pretty technical. Lots of interesting stuff from Dempsey, right? Like this... Just lots of cool transitions and submissions. The way he, submissions. like, moves into, like, Very, different holes, like, yes. it's really interesting. I think it's probably, we don't see it enough, but it's probably, like, similar to Zack Sabre Jr., who I haven't seen in a while. I actually want to give him another chance, because people seem to love him right now. I remember he was not your he guy. Was so, he was not he, your guy in the Cruiserweight class. No, he was just too much of that. And then I, right. what bugged me is he was working 100% submission style. And then everybody facing him was trying to work that style too, which made no sense storyline to me. If I know that that's what he's doing, why Mm -hmm. am I trying to do his specialty? You know what I mean? But anyways, um, we get a double, a lengthy double knuckle lock sequence near the end of round two. Dempsey hits a backbreaker and that sort of ends the round. Round three, there's a double knee bar as they're slapping each other as well. We get a bit more physicality in this round. Still lots of technical stuff. Uh, nice counter into a stiff German suplex by Dempsey with about a minute left. A-Kid then immediately taps to Dempsey's submission hold. I don't know what it was called. It's like an upper body submission. Yeah, and he's like, he's like bending. It was really cool. It is cool. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was awesome. And I, I like the commentary pointed out that A-Kid is smart to tap out immediately, right? Because he's trying to save himself for the next round. Right, he can to... still mount and come right. back. So it's not like the match is over. So he taps immediately to save some time and strength, which I thought made sense. Right. Um, round four, we get suplexes from A-Kid. 
Dempsey counters a guillotine into a double underhook suplex I thought was cool. We get a half and half that looked nice. And then that leaping kind of flying kick by A-Kid, when he hits it, it looks mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. um, so he gets a pinfall there to even things up at 1-1. Round five, the intensity, as always in these matches, really starts to pick up. Fisherman suplex by A-Kid. Dempsey, Dempsey counters an armbar into a powerbomb. And then A-Kid backflips off the top into a DDT, which commentary accurately DDT. call a yep. moonsault DDT. Looks, Makes it a lot easier to call. It looked cool. Yeah. Um, he covers Dempsey, but time expires in the round. So we move to round six. We don't often get round six in these matches, right? I don't know if I've ever seen Because that's like the final round, right? So I don't right. remember seeing that before. I think you're right. Um, we get, as the bell rings to start the round, immediate flying kick by A-Kid. More suplexes. Dempsey then grabs a towel from the corner and gets brass knuckles out of it, but plants them as the referee, I think, went to put the towel away. He plants the brass knuckles, tosses them to A-Kid, who gets caught holding them. So as the referee sort of admonishing A-Kid, Dempsey hits a really high angle suplex with a leg trapped um, and throws in a bridging pin to pick up the win here, which I was happy to see him get the win. Um, I thought this was a really good main event, and these Heritage Cup matches just continue to deliver for me, right? Like, I think I've liked every yeah, single one. Yeah, they're they're really interesting, and it's also something, like, I haven't seen anywhere else. Right. So, it's, I like that it's, like, kind of their thing. And when you get technicians like this, it's fun, because I don't love a purely technical, but it starts out that way. And, and then it's it not like, up. it's not like pure rules, where I feel like it's, like, no. that's, like, overly with, like, the technical rules and whatnot. Right. Like, this is, like, it, it it's right on that nice line. And there. it's more like they know that this match is going to go a long time so they're starting out on the ground just sort of feeling each other out right because this is going to be multiple rounds i'd love to take um, that phrase out of context so it makes sense um so highly technical with dempsey for me in particular showcasing just cool transitions that you don't see uh he's really smooth and has a style that's unique i'll say at least within all of wwe because i don't want people like no you guys don't watch japanese wrestling there's several guys that do this of what we watch in north america i don't see anyone doing what dempsey's doing right mm -hmm. um the, the Moonsault DDT from A-Kid was awesome, and I, like I said, his flying kicks look really good. Final two rounds of this, I thought, got much more intense as it tends to happen in these matches. I got pretty into it. The cheating to win wasn't my favorite, but this is WWE, and that is the Familia. They're heels, and that's kind of what they do, right? So uh, a really good match and a good main event, I thought, e easily the best thing on this week's show, right? What mm -hmm. did you think? Yeah, um, I like because well, cause they went to the final round and we got more here than we usually do. So, like, uh, there's lots like here. I think one of the better Heritage Cup matches we've seen. I think, like, the way Dempsey moves around with, like, his holds one. I think he, he's so he's so interesting. I think he's he really is. good. I really like that one submission he had. And I think he's deceptively strong, too. Like, he picked up a kid from the ground a couple times in this. Well, yeah, was... he, he also implores a lot of suplexes. So, I think yes. that definitely comes into play. So, I, th I think that was really cool. And, like, a kid's got some cool stuff, too. I don't. Love him at the ring, but once he's in a match, like I think he's great. Me too. Um, like the DT and the kicks are really cool. Um, I think the finish is it's fine. Um, I can live with it. Um, overall, like a a really good match. Yeah, I thought so. I like the style. It like the match type is really interesting. Um, I hope maybe we get Dempsey versus Dar on a one off. Like I don't, I know it's heel on heel, but still. And I like that they use this type of match not even for the championship or for the cup, whatever. Right, like they can just have these matches. Outside right, or of like it just being for I the cup. If someone was odd, it's not like even a number one contender match, nope. but at least it was like because it's a kid's kind of special. And Dempsey would love that kind of match too, right? It at just least like yeah, I don't. Sense. If there's gonna be a no stakes one, then I think this works. Yep, me too. Uh, overall, I can't say I love the show. Like the opening match was just kind of okay, like we said. 
Um, and the main event was really the only thing I would say people need to watch promo and segment wise. Again, I, I liked the tag team kind of everybody got a chance to speak promo. I thought that was fine, but nothing amazing. I'm torn between C plus and B minus. Um, I guess I'll err to the side of generosity and I'll go B minus. I would say check out the main event. It was good, but nothing else really caught my attention. But yeah. again, I didn't hate the show. Like it didn't feel like a chore, like the next thing I'm going to discuss did, but, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so I gave it a B. I'll give it a B minus. You? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the main event was really good. The opener was fine. The women's match wasn't great, and then other segments were bad, but nothing stood out to me. So I think like because there was nothing like horribly offensive, I'll go with a B minus because yeah. it wasn't great, but nothing like. If you said I C hated. plus, I wouldn't argue with you. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Even if you said C, I wouldn't necessarily argue with mm-hmm. you. Um. All right. Well, that ends our NXT UK review. Moves us into. Our next segment where we talk about other wrestling stuff that we cleverly call any other wrestling business. All right, my friend, let's talk about what might be my last NXT. Not watching it, but maybe covering it on the show. I'm going to see how I feel next week, I guess, or when Tuesday rolls around. But I was... And the next week. And then the I know, next I keep week. saying, right? I just can't pull the trigger. Exactly. I've watched every episode ever, and it's tough to stop. But this... That may want to be one of your biggest mistakes. I got a bit annoyed on this show a couple times. Um, but anyways, it starts out... surprise. Right? starts out with Tony D'Angelo hyping up his goons backstage ahead of sure their match even tonight. Um, they, they say they will show Anafe and Blade a taste of what Legato are going to get because this feud isn't over, unfortunately. So we're going to get more of this. So each of the kids gets a line to end the segment. They don't sound great, but I'm not surprised. So then it is Stacks and Two Dimes. I feel stupid even saying that. That's like... That's their names. That's pretty bad. They're taking on Anafe and Blade. So that's Malik Blade and Idris Anafe, who unfortunately are already in the ring. So that's not a great sign for them. So I don't really have a lot of notes for NXT in terms of moves because there are never any in two or three minute matches. Um, we <laughs> get a fantastic drop kick from Inafe at one point that looked awesome. Basically, Inafe and Blade dominate, hit a bunch of tandem moves. Then we get a Tony D'Angelo distraction, some basic brawling, and really limited wrestling by dimes and stacks. We get go to a split screen in the middle of this as Legato without Lopez because I think she's getting ready for her match. So they're going to head to the ring. Blade botches a top rope move off of a hot tag. That was unfortunate because I kind of like Blade and Nafe, but it was right. like hot tag to Blade and slips off the top rope. It was mm, not good cool. Um, Legato come out on the ramp. We get a de- oh, man, the double team moves by the stacks and two dimes. Are you ready? A double punch and a double running boot and dimes wow. and stacks. Actually, that's their finisher. So they win wow. their debut match in six minutes. This got six minutes. Wow. That is not great. Wow. Uh, D'Angelo then calls on Legato. They brawl until refs separate them. I feel bad for Anafe and Blade because I think they're kind of dynamic really quick and ex- actually execute some double team offense and look like they have potential to me to be a decent tag team. And then Stacks and Dimes are just because they're involved in a storyline, right? They get the win here, even though they're really limited in the ring, at least what they showed here, and are saddled with a terrible gimmick. But they win in their debut, so that's your opener. It was not a good opener. And to be fair, sometimes NXT's opening and main event matches are actually pretty decent. This was not. Part of my frustration. Wesley talks to McKenzie. He doesn't regret challenging Sanga. Um, I'm paraphrasing, I think here. He's small. Sanga's big. Mackenzie wouldn't understand. He has to do this. Okay. 
Um, and I thought, again, Wesley sounded pretty good here. But my notes before even seeing what happened is, I don't imagine they'll actually let him win. I forgot which, Sangha existed. Which will kill the whole undersized underdog thing. That I think he's doing okay. Like, I'm doubting myself. My partner left. I'm kind of lost. I've got big guy, big bully guys picking on me. Like, he has a half-decent story going, for a, especially for a 2.0. But we'll see what happens. Because now we get Sangha taking on Wesley. Um, does he still use the MSK theme, or is it different? Mm, don't know for sure, actually. Don't remember. Sangha does, I must say, hit a gigantic beal and just throws Wesley across the, uh, the ring. And then he's targeting Wesley's taped ribs for much of this match. We get Lee gets one flurry that finally takes Sangha off his feet out on the floor. But Sangha hits a huge clothesline and a chokeslam for the win in... Under three minutes. Correct. Three <sighs> minutes. Wow. So Zion Quinn comes out to attack Lee just because he hasn't taken enough crap. So... Surprisingly, Sangha protects Wesley from Zion Quinn. New tag team. Quinn retreats, and it looks like that's what we're getting out of this. But anyways, I just, my comments... This little guy can't survive on his no, own. No, uh, that's exactly where I'm going, right? Take the guy who's actually telling a decent story in Wesley, doing some pretty good character work, I think, and have him get squashed by a guy who has absolutely nothing going on at this time. Lee looks bad coming out of this. Sangha could have done this to anyone and gotten the same out of it. I don't know why he needed to beat Lee, but I guess it's because Lee is so pathetic that he needs Sangha to protect him after the match. Like, I don't know how this makes... It's basically like Wesley is Sangha's pet at this point, right? <laughs> Which is a great angle to be Great luck for in. him. Um, I imagine Lee's losing to Quinn as well. I can't imagine they're going to push the veteran small Wesley over the young, big, and jacked Zion Quinn on 2.0. So... Sorry, Wesley, you might be being punished for the sins of your tag team partner at this point. But yep. at least I guess he's getting time on TV. He could have just been released or buried or whatever. That's true. Um, Jade, Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez, if I'm not mistaken, yep. talk awkwardly backstage about Roxanne facing Lash. I almost wanted you to watch this because it was really awkward. Um, some lame story about from the indies where they stood up to somebody who was picking on them or whatever. They're trying to... And maybe it's not fabricated. And that's the funny thing is maybe this, these stories are true, but these two are so bad at delivering them. Like you assume that they're, they're made up and acting. <laughs> right. They might even be telling the truth, but it just sounds awful. Um, Jade said she wants to watch the Lopez Alba fire match from the crowd and she will. So these two, they just don't sound good. And I don't like to say that about Roxanne because I quite like her in ring. But again, maybe they'll improve, but then we just finished talking about Jeff Hardy, who 25 years later still can't talk, right? So some <laughs> right. people just never figure it out, I guess, yeah. but hopefully they will. Uh, earlier today, some random guys told Braun that they saw Joe Gacy's hooded, whatever, druids, the people that are with him, in the locker room, I think. That's what they said. Anyways, Braun barges into the locker room, and did you know what he finds, Jack? Do you know what he Dude finds? Hudson. It's mind games, Jack. It's mind games. Uh -huh. It's a picture taped to a locker <gasps> of him 20 years ago with his dad as like a toddler. With the Hall of Fame ring? <laughs> Mind games. A picture. He's like, how did he get this picture? <gasps> Internet. Amazing. I groaned out loud while watching this. I don't know why this feud continues. It's been an absolute dud to this point. Shows no signs of improving or stopping. So great. <laughs> <laughs> Elector Lopez takes on Alba Fire. So Electra Lopez is now a jobber because she gets a little bit into start and then eventually a headbutt and a swanton by fire, she, which is a lame She was finish. a jobber before too, so... Well, she was kind of getting some... A no, look, I mean I before Legato. Oh, yeah. yeah. So jobber del fantasma. So Alba Fire wins in... 
under three minutes. Correct. It might have been three minutes. Is that the firebomb or is that the glory bomb? She doesn't do it anymore. She won with a swanton. Is that the firebomb? Uh, is that called the firebomb? I can't remember. You could call that the firebomb. No, bomb. I think they called the KLR bomb the firebomb. She just didn't do it. Glory bomb. Didn't need it. Right. Um. Anyways, Elector Lopez, after losing here, walks up to Cora Jade in the crowd who was watching, eating some popcorn, and knocks the popcorn out of her hand. <gasps> the uh, god. I can't. The audacity. That's the word I'm looking How for. How dare you? Uh, I thought Alba Fire looked fine, but again, a three-minute match. I can't really give you a lot of analysis on a three-minute pretty much jobber match, but I guess at least a veteran got a win against a young person because that's not usual here. And a Cora Jade Electra Lopez feud is not like take my money. No, that's not. Give me my money back. <laughs> and I'm locking no, give my me wallet, extra money. putting my wallet in a safe in a vault underground. You have to pay thing. me to watch it. Uh, just in case we didn't get enough of them in UK, Damon Kemp is on the phone as the Creeds and Ivy Mile, as my notes say, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was Ivy Nile. They walk up. Uh, Kemp tells them that Roddy hurt his ankle. So I don't know if you remember, but Damon Kemp and Roddy yeah. Strong were supposed to have a tag team title match against Pretty Deadly. Was it for the titles? Uh, maybe not. Sorry, but a match, we'll say. Yeah. But that match is off because Roddy hurt his ankle. Julius is mad about this. Uh, he goes on about how this isn't how Diamond Mine works, that Robbie, Roddy sorry, should just tape up, lace up, and fight. And he points out, because I remember I told you that Brutus did that cannonball off the ropes and looked like right. he almost broke his ankles off. He actually mentions that. like He almost wrecked his knees and ankles, and he still finished the match sort of thing. Uh, and then Kemp walks away saying that he's going to check on Roderick Strong. Can I just say, like, Julius sounded light years better on the mic here. like humongous strides sounded actually like passable as good as braun breaker if not better not that that's a super high bar but like sorry um the creeds have been bad on the mic i thought this was like by far his best work here um he got to say quite a bit here and he did a pretty good job and if that trend continues with these guys because they're really good in the ring already but again other than being in wwe they have a bright future because they're a tag right. team and they're awesome but they don't care about tag teams. so Or people who have potential. <laughs> right, in general. Uh, we then find out that Fallon Henley has a bye to the finals because Nikita Lyons is injured. I was wondering, do you think Lyons was scheduled to win this thing? I think she's one of the top yeah, uh, favorites. Who else is in there that right? could so win? I, I don't know who it's going to be now, but Tiffany Stratton interrupts, calls Fallon out for taking the easy route by getting a bye, um, and that she says the country act doesn't have her fooled. Henley then stands up to Stratton, tells Stratton to go and set up the match then. Who's she going to set it up with? Don't they know that you just, like... I want in the tournament. You just say you want the match, and you have the match. You don't need or to talk to Or tell them anyone. that they have the match. Like, right. just be like, hey, you're facing me in the tournament now. And that is exactly what happens. Um, I actually thought this interaction was fine. They needed to change things pretty much on the fly with the Nikita Lions injury, so I don't think there was anything wrong with this at all. Um, we then get Lash Legend, because I didn't get enough for her on NXT UK, taking on Roxanne. Um, Legend dominates early, obviously hits a stalling inverted suplex and a double underhook backbreaker. A couple things that I don't know if she's done them before, but they look decent, so I think maybe she's learning some things. But Perez eventually counters a powerbomb attempt into the Pop Rocks, which is what they're calling her Code Red, for the win in... Under three minutes. Three minutes. Like, what? <laughs> I... It's a wrestling show, and the wrestling is three minutes long. Is it long. a wrestling show? Can the you longest match tonight was a bad six-minute match to open so far. Like, what are you doing? 
Anyways, the if, longest if, match? if this talent can't put on something longer than three matches, don't put them on TV. Right. What? I don't, anyways, whatever. Um, this is where I get annoyed. So another three-minute match. Lash hit a couple of new moves, I guess. Looked a little better than usual. Perez was fine, but these quick matches that they have her in just have her, like, selling, 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 pulling out a quick win, which I'm not a huge... It's like, now forgive the comparison it's like darby allen ultra light you know what i mean like you're getting you're the gonna get, you're gonna get beat up for two minutes and 20 seconds and then you'll get 30 seconds and you'll win okay cool right um mandy rose is responding to indy hartwell's challenge from last week as she's walking with the rest of toxic attraction backstage because we got to wedge these three in the show as much as we can too and carter and cat and zero nope sorry carter and katana Chan. chance there that's right so they attack Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, and Rose just kind of keeps going because I guess she's got to head to the ring for her match. So he, she offers no resistance, lets her faction mates get beat up, and just heads to the ring. Because that makes sense. Indy Hartwell versus Mandy Rose. So at least there's a chance that this match is okay. No, there's no chance. It's awful. It's bad. It's a bad match. It's not good. <laughs> oh, my God. Weak strike exchange. The anger. Spinebuster by Hartwell for a near fall. Toxic Attraction and Chance and Carter show up and they brawl. Uh, Jane ends up in the ring, takes a boot from Indy, who then turns right into the running knee from Mandy Rose for the win. They gave this nine minutes. This got nine minutes. Almost ten minutes. That's nine minutes. Yikes. Wendy Chu attacks Mandy Rose on the ramp with a choose your weapon. of balls. A sack full of play balls. Because I think Mandy Rose accused her not of not having balls. Ha ha ha. Because she's this a woman. Is humor. There are children writing this, I am pretty sure. This match was bad. Or out of touch, old man, one of the two. So I didn't have high hopes for this, and it's still under delivered. A lot of this felt like slow motion, or like, you know, when we're in the pool, and like when your brother and you will do, would do like a wrestling match underwater and you hit moves. That's what it felt like to me. Right. That's the pace yeah. of this match. Yeah. Um, no spots of any significance. Not an impressive outing for the face of their women's division. And I don't know what this means for Indy. I could easily see her being released, right? Because she's kind of in that gray area of you're not fresh and exciting and we just brought in a whole bunch of young women, but you're not an experienced veteran that we can use to like help get these people over and improve them. Yeah, I don't know if they have plans for her either. Which is too bad because there's been times where I thought she looked okay, but this was bad. Neither of these women can carry a match, apparently. So mm-hmm. She has no way anymore. It was no good. Uh, Mackenzie's then talking to Braun about Gacy backstage. Uh, nothing will throw off Braun's focus. And then there's a TV. Except for mind games. Well, are we ready for some mind games? Oh, the, boy, am I. There's a TV behind them. <gasps> and a clip of him playing high school football plays on the screen. <gasps> and so Is he standing adjacent to it, at least? He is. Okay. And, well, it's kind of more behind him, I guess. But anyways, he decides to just explain for no reason, that this was a game that even though his dad promised to come to, he didn't show up. So Gacy know that, knew that. And I just think it's funny that Braun says that, right? You're being interviewed, this clip comes up, and you're like, why is he that clip playing? That is the clip of the game where my dad promised to show up and didn't right. come and disappointed me. I am sad. Like, why? <laughs> why would he say that? Exactly. Uh, but anyways... um. But so Braun is sad, obviously, but says that Gacy still won't get to him. Uh, this is awful, and we're getting anno- multiple annoying segments each week. Pretty deadly speak about Diamond Mind. 
Diamond Mine, sorry. They say that their two minds and bodies work as one. <laughs> diamond Mine. That's why I was already looking ahead of my notes. <laughs> they tore up the Diamond Mine's locker room. We get some Yes Boys, which I do find entertaining. And they are ready for the Creeds at In Your House. These guys are like a bright light on this show. They continue to entertain me. I just wish they got more time. You could take one or all of the Braun Gacy segments or what's the other storyline I love? Legato and Tony D'Angelo. Right, that's your favorite. Take time from any of those and give them to Pretty Deadly. Anyways, we get the newly made match. So I guess Stratton found whoever's in charge. We do get Fallon Henley taken on Tiffany Stratton. Um, so Breakout tournament, yeah. Yes, it's officially Stratton is replacing Nikita Lyons. So Stratton takes several shortcuts here because she's the heel. Henley shows some good aggression and a bit of charisma. Outside in senton and a tumbling elbow by Stratton. Bridging leg lock by Stratton and she hits her twisting Vader bomb to win this in actually not three but five minutes. So this so is Stratton like, won. This is like an... Yeah, she did. Lyons is definitely meant to win then. I think maybe, right? Um, so... Neither is Roxanne in the tournament. Yeah. So maybe you go with her instead. I, I think maybe. Um, so I don't think either of these two are like anywhere near a finished product yet, but for my money, they show the most potential of the new crop that I've seen in NXT. Uh, I know that Roxy is really good in the ring, but I just haven't seen it out of her in NXT yet. Stratton is a crazy athlete, seems to be picking things up really quickly. And Henley shows good fire and like personality, which a lot of the other people they've brought in don't. So as crazy as this sounds, I preferred this to the Mandy Rose Indy Hartwell match. And that should not be the case, right? I'm not saying that this was That doesn't bode well for them for sure. No, I, I'm not saying this was like a great match, but that Rose Hartwell match was a dud, yeah. I thought. Mackenzie talks to Chance and Carter. They're tired of being nice and are fed up and want a title match at In Your House. Wendy Chu shows up and she likes the sound of that match. So then Chu challenges Mandy for In Your House and she uh, thinks that Toxic Attraction will lose all their gold at the pay-per-view. Oh, Premium live event, how dare you? Sorry, sorry, sorry. How dare I? You're right. Recap of On Wagner's Path of Destruction. Uh, Robert Stone narrates over footage of Wagner beating people up and it was less than a minute. So whatever. Moving on. <laughs> Thea Hale is back. We get a lot of this girl. So again, she's talking about her high school graduation coming up, her dreams to be in the WWE. She's smart, and she got accepted to a whole bunch of colleges. WWE is going to let her train and go to school. She'll decide which school to go to next week, because anybody cares. So what's my thought? That What's the only way to make this interesting? She chooses mm. what? Uh, Chase University. Right. And I thought of a funny idea, which like I don't think they'll actually do it, but I think it'd be funny if, like, because Stratton and Waller have been feuding with uh, Chase University, right? Yes. And Stratton's uh, like rich or whatever, so she gets her dad to like make up an, a, a competitive or a competing phony school, and then like this they girl... they try to enroll a Thea Hale just to like just to spite Chase University. I think that'd be kind of funny. Could be. So I don't well, funny in like the sense it'd be awful. I don't know who could possibly care. Like you're gonna schedule a segment about an 18 year old saying what school they're choosing on a wrestling show. That doesn't really make sense. There has to be something more to it, right? Yeah. Well, no, there doesn't, because it's NXT and it's <laughs> terrible. But, like, in a perfect world, there has to be more. So, I don't know. In a world where something makes sense. We'll see. Braun Breaker's on the phone, and Duke Hudson interrupts him. Hudson says something about Braun having daddy issues, and Braun pins him against the locker because he's starting to snap. Hudson says that Gacy was right. Braun is predictable. Braun then releases Hudson. Hudson leaves. So, it's this idea that Braun is going to not be able to contain his anger, and that's going to cost him. So this was a little foreshadow or whatever of that. I think Hudson sounds more believable than most people in NXT when he speaks. 
Um, too bad they don't really seem to have any decent ideas on what to do with him other than stick him in a main event tonight. Von Wagner versus Ikim and Jiro. Jiro attacks before the bell, but Wagner takes over. Um, Vaughn does what he does, picks people up and drops them in a variety of ways with a rest hold in between. And as with every match in NXT, the loser gets one flurry in the middle and then Jiro, so he hits a moonsault to the floor and a tornado DDT in that flurry. Then Wagner jerseys Jiro. I don't know if you're non-hockey people, but that's when you pull this shirt up over their head. Wagner jersey Jiro. Because he wears his jacket, right? Yeah, I know. That's just, that's stupid. Um, And he hits his whatever suplex slam thing that I don't think looks very good in four minutes. like the thing where like he has him in a suplex and he like turns him over or was it the fireman's carry one? No, not the fireman's carry. Oh, so it's the stupid one. Yeah, the one that's like, oh no, the angle slam, neck breaker, what is it? Kind of that one. Oh, that one. Um, So Jiro must not be a total jobber because he got four minutes. He got like an extra minute, which is great for him. (laughs) Extra minute. So Sophia, whatever, Cromwell, I want to say. I think I'm right, actually. She wants Wagner to throw Jiro through the announce table, but Briggs shows up because I don't know why, to be honest. Because he's going to lose. I guess since Kushida's gone, Jiro needs someone to defend him. Um, and, and I guess Brooks Jensen is out still, right? Yes. So I guess that's right. I guess Briggs will be the next like fodder for Wagner. I don't know. Wagner has the exact same match every time, and it's not very interesting. Tony D'Angelo wants things to end with Legato in your house. He wants one more meeting. No, no more meetings. No. And this time he'll go to Legato since they came to him last time. His kids try to talk him out of it, but he has something up his sleeve. I don't care. More of this angle. Make this stop. I feel like they're trolling me with so many segments dedicated to stuff I hate. But anyways, Robert Stone is backstage with Von Wagner and Sophia Cromwell. Stone is worried because Wagner has made so many enemies in NXT. Sophia interrupts and says that they have to make waves to get noticed and that Wagner can handle anything that comes his way. Sure he can. Mandy is mad about Wendy Chu wanting a title shot. She says Wendy is a kid, but Mandy is a woman. JC Jane mocks Chance and Carter's size and calls them oopaloopas who can't keep up. The classic WWE. You're small. You can't be good at stuff. Small people are the They're worst. They're the worst, right? Dolan says that they will walk in and out of In Your House with the titles. Another group I can't stand that gets multiple segments with none of them being entertaining or good at what they do even. So it's starting to... This is where I have in my notes. This episode is starting to make me angry. A little bit better. We go back to the barbershop with Carmelo and Trick uh, Williams. Hayes shows up. Um, and he, sorry, Carmelo Hayes wants the belt back at In Your House. He's lost without it. Grimes is the one who shows up in a black suit, sits down to talk. Grimes says he takes exception to being called lucky. Melo says Grimes can't rock the title like he does. They insult each other some more, and Grimes brings up Nathan Fraser, who he considers a better version of Melo. Grimes says he will beat Fraser next week to get ready for Melo. So compared to other things on this show, actually a really good segment. I do like the setting of the barbershop and just somewhere different other than backstage or in the ring. Um, Mello and Grimes are talented performers, so this is a solid segment. Could be the best thing on this episode, and that is sad because it wasn't really anything special. But anyways, Giovanni, have you heard of this person? Giovanni Vinci Vignette? What? That is a horrible name. Coming soon, and it's all about like status and name brands and being rich and blah, blah, blah. How original. Ah, uh, that sounds just slick so looking, fun. Slick-looking vignette, at least, but I have no faith that it'll be interesting at all. That sounds fun. Main event time? You ready? Excited? Yeah. Braun Breaker versus Duke Hudson. Uh, Gacy is shown speaking to his druids before the match, and they are high up in the stands watching the match to start. 
physical back and forth match. Hudson hits a belly to belly overhead at one point. Gacy and the Druids make their way to ringside, obviously. Hudson throws Braun off the top, then onto the apron to the floor at the Druids' feet. Braun takes over the match, eventually clotheslines Hudson to the Hudson to the floor, sorry, at the Druids' feet again. Braun ends up fighting off the Druids. Hudson has a chair. Braun gets the chair, swings it at Gacy and misses, turns around and just snaps, I guess, and hits Hudson with the chair. The mind games have gotten to Braun Breaker. He gets disqualified as Gacy tells Braun, see, I told you you can't control your anger. Ooh, he got him. A decent match, pretty heavily booked at the end to further the Braun's anger is going to cause him to lose stuff. I guess I get it. Um, I don't think it was a bad match, but the non-finish doesn't help it. Hudson isn't bad, and he can work the WWE style no problem. And I think with his size and look, like he feels like a main roster addition eventually. But um, yeah, this show, man, uh, overall, this was a battle. There's not one match that was worth watching. We got a not great six-minute opening match, a Sanga Squash Lee match, a Fire Squash Lopez match. Roxanne beat Lash in three minutes. Rose Hartwell had a bad nine-minute match. Stratton had a decent five-minute match with maybe match of the night, even. And Wagner Squash, Chiro, and an okay main event. So I think Diamond Mine, Carmelo Hayes had decent segments. And then we got too much of the Gacy Braun, Legato D'Angelo, Toxic Attraction crap that has to be multiple segments each show. These storylines are making up the bulk of these shows outside the ring, and none of them, not one of them, is remotely interesting. So I can't pass this show. Like, I started to get a little elevated even talking about this nonsense. Not one match worth watching. Segments were repetitive and poorly written. Makes me angry a few times watching this, so F to this nonsense. And then I have in brackets, F to this nonsense in more ways than one. (laughs) So I, I don't know, man. I don't know how much longer I can do this. I could replace this with a show equally as bad that's an hour you know what i mean so let's say i switch to nwa power and it's bad i don't even know if it is i haven't watched it in a long time but it's bad but it's an hour right so i don't know if nxt going forward again if anyone is outraged and needs me to cover nxt let me know but i'm not sure if i'm gonna keep doing it it just isn't fun anymore i know it's fun to listen to me get mad sometimes but um so that's it for me i think we're gonna do our yeah preview next we have an ew double nothing preview predictions because that's tomorrow yes so i'll I'll say the match. I'll give my picks. I have. Go ahead. I'll be doing mine, mine off I the have cuff. Put mine out already. Um. So the buy-in match, which is Hook and Danhausen versus Tony Eason and Mark Sterling. I picked Hookhausen. It's a no-brainer. Has to be obviously. Can't yeah. disagree with you. Would have to take Hookhausen. There's no way that yeah. they're losing. Um. So a uh, trios match, mixed trios match, I guess. Uh, Kaz Guevara and Conti versus Men of the Year and Paige Van Zandt. So I thought it was kind of a tough call because it's Van Zandt's debut, but also there's a stipulation if Kaz and Guevara lose, they can't challenge for the TNT title again. That being said, Kaz probably won't amount to much need of it anymore. So, uh, and uh, Guevara's already held the title three times. So I don't know if it even matters if they can't challenge for the title. So I'll just take Men of the Year and Van Zandt because it's her debut and debut, you know. I just don't, I will disagree and I will take the other ones. Just looking at like their current status on the shows, I don't feel like, I feel like they thought they were doing something with Men of the Year, or sorry, America's top team in Men of the Year, whatever, and that they kind of have gotten, they got confused when Sammy and Conti became the heels. Yeah, and I, I, feel like I since could then, see, they don't know what to Van do. Because Van debut, so. Yeah, but they've not mentioned her in weeks now. Like don't they know. don't, she's now, like I was wondering where she's been. So I'm, I'll at least we have one we disagree on. So I'll take the others. 
Um, one that was set up recently, which was kind of random, but I'm, I'm all for it. Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly. I heard that was going to yep. happen. And it is. Um, I think both of these guys could benefit from a win, but um, Kyle O'Reilly seems to be mainly on tag team action with Red Dragon. So uh, I think they could use this to give Darby a quality win for once after a while. So I'm going to take Darby. Um, yep. I think he deserves like, just a win like, on a bigger stage. So I think that'll be good for him. I don't think, yeah, I don't think O'Reilly has big things slated in singles, like you're saying. So I don't yep. think a loss hurts him. And I think getting Darby wins, just keeping mm-hmm. him strong, right? Yep. So I'll take Darby as well. Um, next we go Death Triangle versus House of Black. Um, I think this is another one of those matches where it's kind of a toss up. Um, I'd say Death Triangle could use the win because Phoenix uh, uh, returned recently and they've only recently been full force again. And we've yet to see this match proper. But on the other hand, House of Black haven't been doing much other than Rampage squashes. I'd like them to continue the streak. Um, so I feel like it's kind of a toss up. But I'd rather see House of Black win maybe via some Malachi Black shenanigans like with Mist or something like that. The match could be and amazing. Then, yeah, it should be pretty good. And we could get like a rematch with another stipulation. So I think at least for this first match, I'll take House of Black. Um, I will also take House of Black more going on the same sort of like who's been featured more prominently lately. And I, do, I feel like not that I've liked what they're doing with House of Black. They're at least trying to do stuff with them. Whereas Death Triangle, well, at least Death Phoenix Triangle is also gets... in the tournament, I guess. Right. Yeah. So there's also yeah. that. I'll take House of Black. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that match. I mm-hmm. must say. Uh, Young Bucks versus Hardys. I took Young Bucks because screw the Hardys. They don't deserve it. I don't care what the smart pick is. Screw the Hardys. I'm I do not Bucks. want the Hardys winning. So I will also take the Bucks because I just, I, I don't know. It's not believable to me at this right. point. Um, Baker, Soho, Women's Tournament Finals. Um, I'm taking Baker. She's just better. They could do a rematch with her and Rosa because with the Lights Out match technically being off the books, they're even at one, uh, one apiece. Yep. So they could use this for a rubber match. I don't think Ruby So has been doing that great. So I don't think she needs this win. She can have a competitive match, but she shouldn't win taking Baker. Uh, I'm taking Baker. I feel like she's at a level where they want to be adding things to her resume, right? right? Because she's going to be prominent and they can start listing off stuff yeah, she's accomplished. Exactly. So I feel like this tournament is for her. Mm-hmm. So I'll take Britt easily in that one. Uh, next, we have Joe Cole, which is the men's tournament finals. I think it has to be Adam Cole. First and foremost, he's my boy. I'm not going to bet against him. Also, I think Joe can be occupied with the ROH TV title and the lethal yes. feud. And uh, like Baker, if Cole wins, sets him up nicely for a third match with Hangman, which I, I'm definitely here for. And it just occurred to me, while they did screw the pooch on Gengar, Gano, and LeRae to come in together, now we have the prospect of Cole and Baker both winning their tournaments, True. which I think also turns out nicely. I think that must happen. So I think uh, definitely Adam Cole... I really don't want to make the same picks as you, but I think the whole Samoa Joe going to more ROH type of stuff is is where I'm going, and that Cole. I think Cole has more to benefit from winning this. Cole right? needs something for me right now to yep. just sort of elevate him. As weird as it sounds to say that, so I'm taking Adam Cole mm-hmm. as well. Um, next we have uh, Anarchy in the Arena, Jazz versus Ed Kingston, Power Powerful, and Blackpool Comic Club. Um, I just I don't see how the baby faces don't win here. Jazz can take a loss too. I'll pick Kingston and Co. I don't know. I don't know much rationale uh, here. On the, in the efforts to not make all the same picks, and again, I don't really know who's taking this. Yeah, I'll, same. I'll take Jazz just to switch it. That's up the one. Ones I'm not like super like I'm not strongly I'm, on the fence. I agree. You know? I don't feel too strongly. Or, like I am on way. the fence. I'm not like, strongly on one side. I right. Mean, yeah. So yeah, I'll take Jazz just um, to keep things interesting. The opposite of that now we have MJF versus Wardlow. I'm 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 obviously taking Wardlow. They've done a great job building us this moment since last pay per view. It's clearly Wardlow um for the win, but sometimes the obvious choice is the right one. I I don't know how it's not Wardlow, right? right? I don't know and maybe they're clever enough to 
to do something where it's MJF, but I but can't. But then, then he can't sign, so I feel like they kind of... Right. They, I don't know how you maneuver out of that right. afterwards. So. Good point. I forgot about that he can't sign with the AEW. So yeah, it feels like there's not much chance I have to take Wardlow right. on that. The way it's been built and booked, yeah. it's Wardlow. Um, Cargill versus Anna J for the TBS title, which that exists for some reason. <laughs> can't disagree on this one, I don't um, Cargill, because I can't imagine they changed their mind since Jay's first challenge for the title. I still don't understand why it's on this card. But clearly Cargill wins. I don't even know who's primed to beat her anymore. No, it, it's Cargill, right? There's no way that she's... They're talking about her undefeated streak and it's going to be someone she's already beaten who hasn't been featured in any way for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's Jade. Right. Um. Next, we have the tag title three-way, which is Jurassic Express versus Team Taz versus Swerve and Keith Lee. So I'm fairly confident the champs are paying again because I think we should build to like a bigger challenge or take them titles like... For example, Red Dragon doesn't have to be them, but just throwing them out there. Um, I do think there's a slight chance AEW swerves us a bit here. No Ooh. pun intended. Um, and both of the challenging both of the challenging teams are solid, so it could happen. But I think the safest pick is Jurassic Express. I think they're the most likely. I think there's a solid chance we get a surprise and there's a title change, but I think more likely than not, um, it's our title retention. All right, so I will disagree for this one, and I will take. I don't. I think you make a very good case, but again, to make this interesting, so I'm not married to anyone in this. I'll take Swerve and Keith Lee. I would Just like saying, to see that. That'd I be think interesting. it's time they pull the trigger on this Christian Jungle Boy thing that's clearly brewing, and then I think Swerve and Keith Lee have not been booked super strong, so this might be like the throw them a bone. Sorry, we kind of because they haven't looked great since coming, right? So although I, I have liked them more since they formed the team, right? Which again, so. hey, you guys kind of look good as a tag team. Let's push you right to the top. Right. So I'll take them. I don't. I, That's a, I would like that. I'm okay if I'm wrong there. I don't feel super strongly, but yeah, yeah, I'll take them. Um, Rosa versus Serena Deeb. I think Rosa's retaining. I think she's not had like the best one yet. So I want, I want her more time to I prove agree. herself. Also, I think Baker wins the tournament. That's so the rematch. I'm not really looking for Baker versus Deeb. I just don't think that works. Like it'd be good in ring, but I just like it just doesn't mesh well um i think Deep right. has a chance but i don't think it's that's down the line yeah they're not done with thunder yeah. rosa as champion yet i don't think i i, I think deeb is a champion down the line for sure but the timing is not right right at this point i'm not even sure if they'll give her the main title i could definitely i for sure see her as a tv yes. champion at least but Guaranteed. it may be the main title i could be wrong but I, I don't see it anytime soon for sure um and then the last one is hangman versus punk um, this one's kind of tough to call. There's is, quite a solid chance Punk walks away with the title. It'd probably be a draw. It could be interesting if he stayed heel. I don't think it's a smart decision, though. I said before, I think Tony Khan's smarter than that. He's considering he planned out the first four champions. I think he would know. I think the money is in MJF being the next champion. I think Hangman has been doing really good, contrary to what some people think. I think he's been doing great, and I think he still deserves longer. Like I know the thing is they they keep doing the long reigns, but when it works, it works. I think I'm, I think. A hangman deserves a long run mm-hmm. and then drops it to mjf maybe like in the fall or something maybe a full gear um i think a rematch with cole is on the horizon as well again like i'm not looking to see punk versus adam cole no i think it's hangman here um it is a bit tough to call but i think the stronger pick is hangman yeah i'm contemplating picking against you just for the sake of it but because then you could also go back to punk mjf right with that would work yeah again. i i agree but then i I feel like Punk doesn't get a long title run of that, and I don't want them like playing like kind of hot potato point. with the title. Like, and I don't, I don't not. It's not their the style. way they ended it too. I'm not like necessarily dis- like burning to see Punk. I think you could also go back to Punk MJF when MJF wins the title. Yeah, and I think they're gonna. Which I like better. And I'm hearing that there may be like Punk Kenta is might be the where they're going. I think he doesn't want to do that. So I will take uh, Page as well. I have to agree with you. I just think 
yeah, I feel like he's not done yet. That they're, he's having really good matches. I'm not sure his reign has been super impressive. I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, um, so I'll take Paige as well for mm-hmm. that one. Um, and that is it. It's a pretty beefy card it compared is. to the other show. ones. I think it's like 12 matches or something. Crazy. That's yeah. a lot. It's going to be lengthy. Yep, but uh, it should be good. Yes. Tomorrow. Um, that's right. So we will move into our last segment. You said you have some stuff to report this week. Indeed. We will get an update from the world of wrestling action figures in a segment we call Figuring It Out with Jack. All right, so they were doing fan fest reveals. There's a lot of stuff all over the place. So I I wrote down some of the lineups, like ones that with are without any notable images, so then I can just run through those quick, and then um I'll talk so about other stuff week. based off of images. Yeah, because they were doing cool. fan fest. They always have reveals around the pay per views, which I, I kind of like. Then right. like you kind of know when stuff's coming. Um, so there's the AEW Unmatched Six lineup. So we have Brody Lee, which I think is like a a red suit Brody Lee. Actually, here's a render of it. That's pretty nice, actually. I like I like that they're still oh nice. They still have him around. Yep. Um, so that's pretty cool. Then there's Ruby Soho, which that looks like Ruby Soho. Um, that's what I'll say about that. It does. Um, then there's Santana Ortiz from Blood and Guts and like the inmate suits or whatever with the oh, face, yeah. with the face paint. Yep. So first face paint for them. And then we have uh Santana. Oh, yeah, I already said them. Santana Ortiz, yeah. And then there's uh, Malachi Black, too, which I don't have a render of. But he's in there. And then there's also a Luminary's own heart. So that's like an old own heart with like long hair and tights. I don't know when that's from. That's yeah. pretty old own heart, though. So that, yes. that's kind of neat. Um, So that's that lineup. And then there's an, uh, another lineup. There's uh, on Match 37, which has uh, one of the LJNs. So there's an LJN style CM Punk um, in the long tights because that's just. Gotta have long tights, punk, right? Gotta. Then there's just then there's the entire death triangle, so that's pretty cool. And I nice. always love more lucha bros, so I will definitely get that. Uh oh my, could it be? I don't. No wait, never mind. I thought at first I thought I'm, it's a gray render. I thought it might be Joker Penta for a second, but then I looked at the back graphic and it's definitely not Joker Penta because it's not the cards. I need Joker Penta. That would be cool. Um, so there's the entire death triangle. Pack is like a oh. Pat comes with the screaming head, and then he's got a blindfold and an eye patch head. That's interesting. Nice. Um, kind of one use heads, but that's interesting. Then there's Thunder Rosa, so that's cool. I don't know what her face paint looks like. Again, a gray render, but and then also Hook, so that's cool. I would, I'll, I would definitely like to pick up that triangle and maybe Hook. Hook has a figure already. That's cool. Yep. That's On quick. the way. Quick. Um, next we have Aid Unmatched Series Eight. Um, this one's particularly interesting. The series, not the specific figure I'm about to mention, because it's Arnie Anderson. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's better than Kid Anderson. Brock, <laughs> there you go. Brock, Brock Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Um, Alex Reynolds, which not thrilling, but does complete the Dark Order set as he was left out of the last set. So I'm right. fine with that. Um, Abaddon, which I think is interesting because cool. where's she been? That'll be a and unique then figure too. The entire House of Black. Oh, nice. Which I love because cool. another Malika Black. That's fine. Buddy Murphy getting already, a figure. Yeah, um, I know. I saw that. I was like, yes, because I'm. Cool. So picking up a Buddy Murphy. Nice. That, that'll be awesome. And even Brody King's pretty cool, but I'm I'm mostly excited for uh a uh buddy murphy so then there's concept art for uh the the, the red own heart and then there's another black owen heart so it's like a similar one in black tights and then there's yes. this old belt it comes with i don't know i assume from like japan Skinny. or something yeah it's interesting i think it's just like a render but i think i think that's interesting and then there's unrivaled 13 lineup you're ready for the most uninteresting set of Hit all me. time bunny butcher blade danhausen hardy's yeah, that's not great. Butcher might be a cool figure, just because yeah, he's crazy looking. Yeah, but just looking. like from a talent perspective, yes, that is like yes. the least interested I've been <laughs> in one of their sets. Not star studded. Um, then the, this set's pretty interesting. Um, not super interesting is we have best friends. So there's Trent Beretta, 
uh, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, which where's he been? Chris Statlander, but gets interesting with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Oh, cool. So I'm very excited for that because the only Swerve I have is a basic, so give me a better Swerve, yes. please. That is very nice. And so now I can run through the stuff that I haven't covered. There's a bunch of stuff on their Instagram. So they've got another one of the scale rings. Um, this time it's a Rampage one, so it's got like the Rampage apron. This one actually has a different ring mat because it's got the logos on it, mm-hmm. which they don't usually do. And then it's got a exclusive sting, which that it just looks so weird to me because you know most of the ringmaster just like plain. Yeah, because like on Rampage they have logos for them, and then there's so there's another sting that's which you want real bad for sure. There's a ringside exclusive Jim Ross, so yep. with the commentary chair. Interesting. So, and then there's also a. Coming up, a ringside exclusive Tony Schiavone and Excalibur. So they're doing an entire commentary set. I think they're separate, but still, I think that's pretty cool. Um, that's interesting for sure. And then there's gray renders of Unrival 12. So there's FTR, Mox, uh, Jamie Hader, and Private Party. So that's Hater. Kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely get the Private Party because I don't have them yet, or even FTR. Then they've got package images for the Street Fighter Elite figure. So then there's there's Omega as Akuma. I don't know, he's got, like, the red hair and, like, the logo on his back. Remember they did that? I think it was, like, Fighter Fest or something. Oh, yeah. The Street Fighter gear. And then there's Matt Jackson as Ryu. Nice. Um, And Nick Jackson as Ken. I think the packaging looks really cool. Yep. Like, they, they're they're really cool. I'd get those just because I really like the ring gear. I'm not a Street Fighter guy, but I like, like the figures. I'd get those for the figures. Fun. I, like, played a lot um, of Street Fighter. Then there's a Shop AW1 of 3000 exclusive Omega. It's the exact same as the Unrivaled Force. It's the figure I have. It's just the shirt is exclusive and the mm-hmm. packaging is exclusive. So it's like, that's the kind of thing collectors would go nuts for. Yes. I like to have it because I think the packaging looks cool, but I'm not going to bother because. You have it. I, I have the figure and also I don't have money. Um, Good then point. there's uh, one of 2000 Shop AW Mock. So it's similar concept. I think a figure that's already released. And then the shirt and exclusive. So I think those are kind of. They did one of those with Jericho as well, actually, yep. a little while before. And then I'm just. Oh, yeah, so, you know, the AEW Supreme line, which is, like, their Ultimate Edition, so, um, we've already seen Series 3, so they have, or, so, sorry, we've already seen the first two series, because remember, there was the Cody and the Baker, and then there's the Omega and the Black, the mm-hmm. one, the, the multiple pants. Yep. Um, so, Series 3 is Lucha Bros from the Cage Match, so it's oh, cool. back here, so it's really cool, like, Penta's got, like, four heads, and, yeah. like, I really like that, it's so, like, colorful, and you get, like, the headdress and, like, the jackets. Oh, nice. And you get interchangeable arms for the jacket, so it's really cool. I think that's awesome. The Phoenix looks awesome, too. I, I think that's, like, one of their best gears. If it's not Joker, Penta, it's going to be that. So yep, those are nice. I think that's pretty cool. Then there's some wrestling buddies. There's Long Tights Punk, Purple MJF, and Sting. I don't really care for those. Um, There's a Walmart exclusive unmatched hangman. There's a, there's a lot of store exclusive they revealed, which I think is odd, and which it just makes it hard to track down everything. But it's a promo gear hangman. I actually kind of like that. Nice. That's pretty cool. One of his shirts. Mm-hmm. Classic shirt. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's kind of cool as a store exclusive because I don't love when like there's promo gear ones hogging up in the main line. At the same time, I do want to guess. I don't know. It, it's cool, though. And there's also a, a, I think this one's Walmart exclusive. Uh, CM Punk and Trunks, thankfully. So <laughs> I'm hoping these make my only worry with the store exclusives is that they make their way out to here. Yeah. So I think Target exclusives will find, or I think the Walmart exclusives might find their way here. Right. After a long time, if they even get here. Um, and then the Target exclusives are where I kind of worry because they might show up at Toys R Us. Toys R Us, but then also I don't. Maybe we get them at GameStop or something. Yeah. That my could worry be. is because there's a Target exclusive Darby Allen, and you bet your ass it's got body paint. Nice. Oh, yeah. Finally. Another body paint Darby Allen. Let's go. Looks I think good. it looks sweet. Um, and I will buy any Darby Allen. Like, give me a Darby Allen. I'll be like, yep. Nice. If you um, have money. Yeah, if I have money. Which you don't. Uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, there's also a store exclusive uh, Guevara, Target, Walmart. I don't know. It's Red Trunks. 
cool. it's basically just a repaint of the figure I have. I think it's still kind of nice though. Um, on match five, Brian Danson, so he's getting in there, cool. which is cool because I'm I'll definitely pick that up because I, I like they they usually have good posability on match five Omega, so this is promo gear Omega like prime heel era Omega. Oh yeah, so that's, that's pretty nice. nice. Um, then there's another Darby Allen, which is this is in the main line with the sting paint. Of course, they put they made the less interesting Darby Allen more easily accessible. Obviously. Um, then there's Unmatched Eleven Jericho, which is just the inmate gear from Blood and Guts. Nothing interesting there. I don't care about that. Um, Unrivaled Eleven Penelope Ford. Where is she? I have. She has disappeared. I have no idea. And there's also images for her before with the sunglasses. So, and you know what that means? Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian too. Woohoo! Nice. So I'll get that eventually. There's Guevara in the inmate gear, which is Unmatched Five. I don't care. Um, on match five, there's LJ and Darby. That just nice. It's weird. Uh, let's see. On match five, Spears in the all white, and he has the black glove. Remember that? Yes. I forgot he did that. That's did. funny. Ooh, that was like a character special change. chair. He had a glove now. Yeah. There's yeah. a special chair. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, on match five, Red so Velvet. <laughs> so I think everyone did. Um, on rival eleven, Adam Cole definitely gotta get that. Cool. Even though I got new Adam Cole not too recently. And there's Jungle Boy in the green gear, which is kind of cool. And a lot of these are prototypes, so the faces look kind of weird, but you know, that's all right. And then there's they, the Cody and Baker that they already showed, but Baker does have the new women's belt, so it's bigger, not Nice. Not midget. a bracelet. Yep. Uh, and that is it. I nice. That's... Oh, wait. Unrivaled 10. There, it's just a line. There's Britt Baker, Miro, Taz, Wardlow, Jake Hager, Andrade. Nice. Um, And yeah, that's it. There we go. That's good. We got a nice, good size chunk of stuff coming that's interests yep. you greatly so you got to start saving some money get a job do something make some money mm-hmm. so you can spend it all on wrestling yep. figures it's a good investment <laughs> yep uh but anyways i wouldn't be surprised if we review the aew yeah, pay-per-view we'll that i forget time. the name of which is come on i don't know you got it double or nothing there you go hey nailed it first try honestly had no idea you had four choices um, so yeah, I generally like their shows so much we want to come down and talk yeah. about it. So you can probably look for that early in the week. Uh, Let's just say we like them so much we actually finish them in one sitting. We and do. Don't forget to we finish do them. finish them. <laughs> um, so keep an eye out for that. We'll for sure be back next Saturday for episode 98 as episode 100 rapidly approaches. And thanks for taking any time out of your week to listen to us talk about wrestling. We really do appreciate it. We'll see you back here in the same place next Saturday. And until then, take care.